I'm in Max. You are listening to Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. I'm in Max. Pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon. Thank you for joining us for season 18, episode 12 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. Stork. I'm Jason. <laughs> this is Bill. And I'm still Kimmy. And who are you, Jason? <laughs> well, I am still a uh, DM GM uh, way back from uh, when Shadowrun first came out in 1989. Uh, a bunch Wait, of us they're saying could not. No. Did no, they're saying anything? no. No, they're saying no voices. No what? Voices. What? What? Hello, hello, hello. Now they're just being fickle. Now they're just now they might stuff. just be fucking with me yeah. now. Now there's lying. Yeah, don't do that. Keep, keep talking. Trolling. You're fine. <laughs> All right. Uh, is this one of those? No. Now they're saying take three. Okay. Are you guys really serious? Okay, let me or are you see fucking the thing. with my head? Let me see the thing. I know. Put I was the thing at back it. up so I can look at it. Is it bouncing? It's bouncing. It's bouncing. This bouncing. should be there. They're screwing with you. Okay. All right. Stop it! I'm gullible. So this is what we do. You guys keep doing that. We're gonna shut the chat room down. Oh. <laughs> oh, that was his dad GM Dude. voice. Don't make me stop I, this game. Off That's to right. the woods. And don't tell me you couldn't hear that. I come from the I come from the John C. Dvorak school of chat room viewing. <laughs> They're like, "Fuck, sorry, we're sorry." I got it. Oh God. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> All right, so so back, back, Jason. Who are you and why are you here? Hi, I'm a GM. I uh, really like telling stories, and that's what I've been doing since uh, Shadowrun came out in 1989. Um, been doing it ever since because none of my friends could run good stories, and I turned out could run at least a half decent one. So I like that. You're a storyteller. <laughs> Loving that. Um, so skipped over D and D until like the last uh, four years, five years, or something, and so. Learned D&D recently. Oh, like and just in time for 4E? <laughs> yeah. Ooh, yeah. There's some story-heavy yeah, gameplay. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Freaking hippie game, 4E. Video that game, the RPG. <laughs> that miniature, I wrote a story about it, because that's all the interesting part we're going to get. Um, and uh, more recently, I've gotten super into Apocalypse World-based systems, mm-hmm. which I'm a huge fan of, because it's got just enough numbers, and then get out of the way and tell a story. So yes. that's uh, that's my pedigree. Great. Wait till you meet our friend Gina. You'll get along well. Lovely. And he's my other GM, so he's the my third GM with you and Dave and then so, Jason. Okay. Triangle. Did, so. uh, <laughs> such a progressive did, did, relationship. What are you running right now? Uh, right now I'm running... Um, Co-running a masks campaign mm-hmm. with uh, uh, some friends of mine, so that's uh, that's something that's kind of ongoing. When you say co-running, how does that work? I mean, you co-GMing or is it? Yeah, it, each it's, one takes a day. Yeah, you could kind of round robin, right? So the oh, okay. Apocalypse World is a really good kind of bite-sized system. You can tell a story in a mm-hmm. quick run, or do it over an arc if you really want to. But um, we'll kind of take turns with a couple of the other people who also have a story to tell, which is super fun because I don't usually get to play. So I'm really <laughs> okay. excited about it. You know, if you uh, didn't know this is about gaming, it'd be like a swingers convention. Yes. <laughs> all, the, all the euphemisms we're using. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm glad to know that. I'm like, I'm like, tell a story. I'm tell us more about the role play. So usually I'm the one who has to kind of like direct the way that things are going, and you know, Kimmy's kind of cheating on like Stu and right, right. Like, you know, and it's, Dave and Dave. Yeah. And like, my yeah. friends and I, we round robin with them. That's right. That's right. It's amazing. Whoever's free and uh, ready to go, then they get to jump in. Yes. That's right. It's a gaming podcast. For right. those of you that I don't want to say, but you know. 
You're going to throw my <laughs> keys in. Hey, just, just saying. The fishbowl's by the door. Yes. There's only one set of keys. <laughs> well, you know. That's all you need. I'll just Bill. take matters in hand. Bill's easy. Yeah. That's right. In There's this episode of, of Happy Checks RPG Podcast, Zach in Chicago writes in about romance and RPGs. A southern gent from Texas has some sci-fi advice. Allervant has some GMing advice and a question. Isn't that an allergy medicine? Got you. Gesundheit. Kendros from the forum writes in about magic items and identification, and Steve from SoCal asks about contacts in traveling campaigns. Excellent. But it, Not but traveler campaigns. No, traveling. 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 But he did spell it with two L's, which is the British way to spell it. What is a traveling campaign, just before we get there? And if you'd like, if you'd like to email us, like Zach we'll and there. the Southern Gent from Texas and Allervant and Kendros and Steve... And you should. You can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. We loves emails. Yeah. Also, you can follow us on the tweeters. Happyjacksrpg, all one word. Or on Instagram, happyjacksrpg. All one word. Well, still all one word. Still yeah. all one yeah. word. Isn't that amazing? amazing? I couldn't believe that was available. <laughs> right? right? I know. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And on the Facebooks. And at on the Facebooks. Happy Jacks RPG. Yes. Yep. Yep. Uh, but not on Twitch. Because can. someone got that, and it might have been me, and I don't remember the password. <laughs> 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 that has definitely never happened to me. Never. <laughs> anything. I had a... I had a my, my, my IMDb page, that happened. <laughs> Where I got, and they're saying like, "Yeah, your billing has changed." I'm like, "Okay," and, I'm, and I have there's a miscredit in there because I did not work on The Godfather, but it's in my list. So I wanted to change. I'm like, "Oh, I got to get rid of that." And it's like, "Oh, you don't have access to this account." What do you mean? Like, and I cannot get admin on my own. Still, yes, yeah, still. I, I paid for the pro thing, and I went in there and I read the email them. And they're like, "Yeah, it should be all fixed." Nope. nope. They won't email you. So you know what? F it. I'm taking The Godfather. I love credit. it. It's I like Diablo, yeah. World of Warcraft. Godfather. That's right. Yeah. Godfather. Yeah. That's where he started. Yeah, yeah. sure. <laughs> when you were how old? I think uh, a few years before I was born. I don't know. I probably yeah. know. He played the horse. No. Yeah, I was a horse. <laughs> no, when early seventies. Early seventies. I was like in my. I was in my my late single digits. Right. When that yeah. film came out. And ready to work on set. Oh hell yeah! yeah. Right. Maybe you were. Maybe you were like Maybe a little kid at the the daughter's wedding or something. Wow. Well, I this day look. of your daughter's wedding. There's a small in my shoe. There's a, there's a D6 in my shoe. <laughs> it's better than a D4. Oh. oh, ouch. If you'd like to watch us live, you can watch us at happyjacksrpg. No, happyjacks.org slash live, which will take you, which shows that it shows the Twitch stream yes. and the Twitch chat, chat room. Correct? Right. Yes, and also has links to both if you'd rather, for some reason, watch on YouTube Live. Right. That's... So. And you can subscribe on either one of those like, services like, as well. Happy you Jacks, should do both, actually. Happyjacks.org slash YouTube. Happyjacks.org slash a Twitch account, even if you don't use Twitch, and then follow our, our thing. That's yeah. Right. And that you should nice. subscribe to us on YouTube. We just That's passed... Right. 329 subscribers on YouTube. Considering that's like over 100 a month since we started the channel. So that's... Oh, nice. Woot, Yeah. Yes. Uh, On February 17th, 18th, 19th, and 20th... Oh, wait, wait, wait. wait. When we get to 100 million subscribers, we're going to delete that account. (laughs) Yeah. Topical reference. Oh, I (laughs) I worked way too hard for that. We're not doing that. Well, if you wanted a lot of subscribers, we should have just kept my old YouTube account because it had like 600 subscribers. 500. Okay. And if we got, <laughs> and if we had three hundred and, but who's counting? I'm not going to argue this. With that. We, we did this argument multiple times. Right. We're done but with if this. The numbers one. are what matters. I had and February you know what? In 17th. two more months, my numbers will be better. Maybe. 
That's apparently what matters. My being our channel. Okay. <laughs> so what was happening in February? Yeah, yeah. February. February 17th, 18th, 19th, and 20th. Orcon 2017. Join us at LAX Hilton Hotel for four days of gaming. We'll be there uh, most of those days. <laughs> and Sorry. any cosplayers out there, this year I would love to see some actual orcs at Orcon. Mm. Sweet. No. Orcs. Yeah. No? I read too many games. Well, I'd like to see them. I don't necessarily oh. want to hang out with them. I don't want Move to your mic up, please. Well, I can, I'll do the voices. Is that time of night already? I'll yeah. voice the org. No, no, I'm in <laughs> The computer. chat room That's tells you, Stu, um, when we get to 100 million followers, don't forget the password. <laughs> <laughs> He's right. I use LastPass now. Oh. Uh, I didn't when I did. Actually, that old Twitch account was a Justin TV account. I don't know if you remember oh. Justin TV, I didn't old ever live streaming. Wow. So when they and I guess Twitch bought them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when they bought them, all those accounts got moved in. Got frozen. Though. You can't access it. Ever. If you had the password, you could. Yeah, and you, you just roll TV, it in. Yeah, but you, you, could you could recover the in. password. Yeah. Yeah. Is Justin TV like the love child of Mike TV and Justin Bieber? Yes, that's exactly what it, it is. Makes a lot of sense. That's exactly yeah. what it is. Oh, and on Saturday, February 18th at the con, we'll be doing a show at 8 p.m. in the auditorium, which is a large conference room with a lot of chairs, so we call it an auditorium. Oh, my God. If you have never been to a live show, it is a thing to do. Let me tell you. I'm going to remember this one the next day. That's <laughs> my goal for the show. And I'm hoping, to, for those of you who don't make it to the con, that the next live con show will be better than the previous one. That's my goal. And I'd like I to don't quote. know what I can do to make that happen, but I'm going to try. We're brainstorming. And if you have ideas, like, send them to us. Because last one was a hot mess. It was fun. While you're there, I'm gonna just take your word for all of that. But <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a record. There's a recording of it. Yeah, no. I, and I'd like to quote Stu about that uh, auditorium. <clears throat> there's an auditorium. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Apparently, there's been an auditorium at the Hilton this whole time. Wow. Right. Yeah, there has. Also, on February, do they have, do they have service there? Can we get? Can we get a, we get a bar cart? There? I think if there was enough of us that we probably could. Now that's uh, living the dream. There yeah. we go. There we go. We'll work, we'll work with them. We'll work with them. Yes. You know. We'll pay. Yeah. Some of us. Get bar there. Yeah. And tip. Some and people tip. are suggesting that we um we rent like a hot spot, like a really good hot spot, and see if we can twitch it. Sure. That's not a bad idea. Can't you how much are like the MiFi's, the, the like the Sprint MiFi's and stuff? I don't know. Like that? I know you yeah. can rent them pretty cheap. I did it for school a few years ago for our our, our end of the year testing. That was all online, <coughs> and our online wasn't working. So yeah. right. we'll look into that. Yeah. Good Renting good, a good hot call. Spot. I'll look into yeah. that. Did they just now suggest that? Good, good, good suggestion. Good good Apparently, you can pay the hotel, and they will give you access to a, a different. What the sink is off? Well, that's not what? my problem. Your sink is your <laughs> sink is off. <laughs> They'd never have to worry Everything about that again. Everything but the kitchen sink. Mm. Yeah, we'll figure it out. That's good. Continue. I like that. I like that, too. Also, on Friday, February 10th, on that particular show, Jim Sandoval will be here with one of the members of the StrategicCon board, and they're going to be here to answer questions and take suggestions Ooh. about the StrategicCon convention. Whoa, so that's cool. If you're going to go to the conventions, that's a good one to tune into live. You go in the chat room, and we will mm. we will convey your questions to them. Yes. Jim is a very cool guy, and he's always asking for input. I mean, I don't know any con advisor that is that active. It's like, please, if it's broken, please, I want and to know. And he also asks for it. suggestions. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And, and, he, and he listens. Yep. Yes. Yes, that, he does. That's, that's the really crazy thing. Because <laughs> we actually show, we actually know that he listens and, and takes action, mm-hmm. not just listens. He, he doesn't, doesn't just like looking and go, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, that's me. <laughs> All right. Everybody roll for wandering damage. <laughs> so did anyone play anything in the last week before, between now and our last game? 
I ran something. What did I run? You ran Fast Dominions. Fast, Fast Dominions. Dominions, yes. We ran, and I think that's out already. I think that came out on Wednesday. Fast mm-hmm. It was session eight. Uh, yes. And there was no fighting whatsoever. Was there glitter? No. <gasps> no there was a fancy dinner. Oh, there okay. was a fancy dinner. And lots of drunkenness. Aboard a, a Russian dreadnought. Yes. But we're not going to tell because spoil it. What's going on? Nothing. Fancy dinner. Fancy I, got a, I got a cool thing. And lots of A cool gaming related thing. And I'm told I can't hold this up to the camera close because it blows the whole thing up. So I'll hold it up. What is it? Medium. This is, I got a, uh, a Diablo 20th anniversary challenge coin that, that the Diablo team sent me. Oh, which is really awesome. cool because cool. I went and did that video for the mm-hmm. 20th anniversary thing, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. that was cool. They just sent it to me with a little note uh, saying thanks for coming down, and I thought it was really sweet. I think we can hold nice. that up. I'm going to try it. All right. Oh, Screw God. you, Kurt. Nothing could go you wrong. You ain't my boss. Got the boss on me. Yeah, so it's really cool. Now, are they in focus? Yeah. Oh. I was careful not to cover the whole thing, so they stayed in focus the whole time and the right. thing came out. Okay. Yeah. If you cover it and then you pull it away fast, then mm. the, the right. digital camera's like, nice. oh! That is. That's very, very nice. Very thoughtful. That's and wonderful. And you keep it with you at all times because if you're I ever do. in some place with, because you know how the challenge coins works. Right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Something like, like, hey, I worked on Diablo. Like, oh, no, you didn't. I'm like, oh, bam! No, no. They no. came out at BlizzCon, though, so like, everybody can do that. That was there. Oh. But I'll, you know. <laughs> no, you keep it in your pocket, and then like, if you're if you're at a bar and there's a bunch of other you know, game developers, game developers oh, hey, I worked hey, on... Hey, who has a challenge coin? The guy who doesn't have it has That's to buy right. a round. Right. Isn't it all, but isn't it in the military, whoever has a challenge coin of closest to the highest ranking or the highest department... If you don't have form, and if you don't have one, then you're just screwed. If you don't have one, you have to buy. If everybody has one, that's what I. That's what I've heard. All I know is I bought a lot of them at the top of the market for like ten grand, and they're not worth anything anymore. Really? Yeah. Wow. So be careful with your challenge coins. Okay. That's what happens with virtual currency. I know. I know. Actually, I think I just put this down, and I and I. Diablo, I choose you in Florida Terror. Yeah, don't say (laughs) that again. In a fight, (laughs) I have to say it three times. I don't want him to show up. I, I mean, hit, I just learned. I too hit, late. I hit level right 24 there. in Pokemon Go. Nice. Good job. Yeah. You know what we should do? Because I actually know a uh, source for these, because I did some at my last job. Oh, Happy Jacks one? We should do Happy Jacks challenge coins. That's a good idea. I think we should Because our thing's already set up. It's round and all that. Oh, it is. Mm. Oh, look at that. Oh, that is true. Booyah. Look how well you That's planned that. Nine years ago, eight years ago, whatever it is. All right. Uh, since you are a uh, guest, do you want to read the first email? I'd love to do Which that. Is that is my favorite thing to do. It should be on the next one. On page the next. Yeah. Block C. Yes. Which is very prison-like. Oh, yeah. This yes. is great. I, I'm actually the Hermione Gryffindor who did the homework and read all this ahead of time. So oh, I, excellent. Okay. I'm actually familiar with this, which means when I mess it up, it's going to be even better. Yeah. Because <laughs> so, like, we're all good at reading. You see, and you're still sober. Drink more. See that? <laughs> oh, right. Well, okay. We're at a disadvantage. Um, dear Stu and the lovelies, I, there's only one, I'm so a, I'm I guess. A I'm a lovely. <laughs> yeah, I'm so uh, I'd like to reply to the commentary on romance in RPGs from season 18, episode three. You mentioned how romance doesn't really come up often in your games. Doesn't that seem strange? Isn't it weird how this common human interaction and experience hardly ever shows up in our games? It's in movies, books, and heck. Sorry for the language, folks. Half of all songs are about love. Romance and love are feelings nearly universal to humans, yet they are absent in most RPGs. That's true in my experience as well. Uh, I think there are a few reasons why. First... (coughs) <coughs> Role-playing romance well is a mentally hard task, harder than just being a murder hobo, and for a lot of folks, RPGs are a time to relax and unwind. I, I don't disagree, personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, secondly, and perhaps more importantly, we have to emotionally open up and make ourselves vulnerable. We have to show our friends what we think romance is, 
And that's not a common thing to do. We might make fools of ourselves, and we're introducing very different dynamics where the other play, uh, with the other players than we're used to. But, it's all caps, mm-hmm. but I think it's very healthy to at least try it out. Role-playing provides a pretty unique place to try out different things and learn from others' experiences. It's a relatively safe place to try out pickup lines or work on how to build interest <laughs> while flirting or learn how to deal with struggling relationships, assuming everybody makes the same decisions you and or your partner would make. I've made some <laughs> bad decisions. Let's not go there. <laughs> maybe you pick up some one-liners from, one, from another player or maybe someone portrays an experience that you hadn't thought of before. What's a dwarf like you doing in an elf bar like this? <laughs> hey <Hey-o. laughs> I think that improves us as role players and as humans. I just couldn't make us any worse. (laughs) So, where to start? Romance games seem to work well in intense one-shots. Emily Kerboss is the go-to expert on writing romance RPGs. She wrote three games that are bundled in the Romance Trilogy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Romance a trois. It's a Romance a trois. trois. It makes sense. It's a a, complete number that way. Um, (laughs) These games portray different types of romance... (laughs) Other great examples include It Was a Mutual Decision by Ron Edwards about a shitty relationship that has to end. <laughs> also, someone might be a were-rat. That's, okay. I mean, that is a sort of an awkward thing that you should maybe sure. bring up within sure. the first few dates. Do you think um, that, yeah, right? That's I thought you were spumming at the mouth because you like me. I have <laughs> right? no idea. Uh, there's also the classic Hot Guys Making Out by Ben Lemon, who, uh, which is about a very anime-styled romance between two really hot guys. I guess that's pretty <laughs> much it. Double-check these so games to make sure they're real. <laughs> they provide like links. Thing, right? I'm, yeah, I'm, sure they, I'm sure they're real. I, I, Everything I, on the internet is real. Here, let me just click this. <laughs> okay. You can use a stylus. I hope you guys... Or an Apple pen. I hope you guys try to add some romance to your games. Cheers. That's what how I sign my emails, actually. Zach in Chicago. Nice. And, uh, oh, take a drink, sensually. I... Did you want something to drink? I probably should, but I, now it's awkward. Here, drink off of mine. It'll be hot. No, <laughs> drink it! I am uncomfortable Here, with a, that. There's a beer. Thank you. Turn open. Well, there's nothing I can do about that. Oh, look at that. Was that central when you screamed, drink it? I thought, yes. I don't know. I was trying to scare me. I think, I think yeah, you just broke like, the chat it's room, like scre- It's like screaming, feed her. You right? broke the chat room? <laughs> that's yeah, because, yeah, you know, they have ears, and they listen, and then the mic is very loud. Oh, I'm sorry. Was that too loud for you kids? No, they I'm haven't sorry. said anything yet, but they might be deaf now. All right, I'm sorry. They, yeah. they can't hear me. They're like, oh, Bill's <laughs> mouth is moving, but I can't hear anything. Because you screamed... Tiny bit of distortion, not a lot. That's okay. There was a tiny bit of distortion. No, just that was me, actually, naturally. <laughs> yeah. That was my vocal distortion. Yeah. We've had romance in our game. We have. So I take some exception to this. A I little bit. We haven't had it for a while. There, were, there, so there was, there was the, Inukai romance. Yes, there was Inukai romance. There absolutely. Was Inukai romance. Right. Mm-hmm. Chris's character and I were engaged. I don't yeah. know how romantic it, it was. It wasn't very we were romantic. Engaged. Engaged. That wasn't romantic. No, you know what no. though? The, things were. Th- there was some warming up going on. I bought her a dagger. There was some warming up. I mean, yes, you know, that's true. <laughs> it was you know some strange orc human action, but it was going to be fine. I'm always reminded of the story that about a friend of yours that played a female who got pregnant. Yes, but the, mm-hmm. all of that was off screen. The only thing that oh, was oh, on oh, screen oh, was right, the right. birthing of the baby, mm. okay. and that act, he actually put his. Heels up on the table as if in stirrups. Wow, and, thank you for and, that and visual ro- image. That was Fred. The oh, half- I know. And role played the birth of his was child. Half orc? No, he was uh, uh, he was playing a, a, a human like a barbarian. Okay, that's right. I've had romantic characters, but 
Usually it was because I was trying to get with the person in real life. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, and that kind of brings up my point. It's like, I'm just going to be like, totally right, with There's that. not a lot of romance in our games, and there hasn't really been a lot of romance in our games, because I don't have to like look at Stu and romance him. That's why I have the fans and, can't and, see my and many, face. And many spend the going, time. <laughs> like, even in Vampire, when we started, he's like, Stu's kind of awkward. I'm like, are you going to make me roll? I don't want to role play this out. Stu, all right, you get a victim and we die, all right? It's great. Cool. Thank you, Ryan. We're moving on. Uh, it's... It, has traditionally for us old folks been awkward because you're in a game room full of guys. In the old days. In the old days. And, and well, in it's fact, not less awkward when there's a girl. And, and sure, right. No, it's even, it's right. even more you awkward. You almost feel like it's like, okay, now, this is just going to be role yeah. playing. This is just our character. I'm best friends with your wife. This it's all good, right? Okay. So, yeah. that weird. But, <laughs> but back in the day when it was somebody's girlfriend or whatever, it's even more awkward because we're, we're socially awkward. There's a hot chick in the room. We don't know how to approach women. On the, in the first place, and now there's one if in the game a, with If us. it was a bunch of single people sitting around the table, uh, playing, and I, I know that it that's would, kind of, it would get it would get even more awkward at times. Yeah. but it would also happen more often. And I know that's kind of a cliche, yes. but it actually was sort of true back in the day. I remember like girls showed up, sisters of friends or whatever, and some of us had hot spots because you know when you're 15, your hormones are carbonated, and we were, uh, yeah. So <laughs> and they of course played females. They're fizzy. They're fizzy. <laughs> they're like fizzies. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, females would show up and we're all... <laughs> Dave in the chat room says, The fan makes it so much worse. So yeah, much worse. <laughs> the fan. The fan? Yeah. When you were, like, have... in the Inukai game. Well, they couldn't see me then. I know. And so for the longest time, I had a hard time romancing <coughs> Bill. Let's say. Hey, but Bill. now it's easy. But now it, yeah, sure. it's a lot easier. I'm older and I really sure. don't care anymore. But uh, I, I, there was always a... A barrier of entry, I think, when it comes to that. The other, so the other thing is, <laughs> not with me. The, the other thing is, I'm not good at romance in real life. <laughs> I'm not sure I want to spend my. Free can I just time roll? Can I just roll? Do I have to role play this right? out? I have the romance skill. I do. I'm good at it. See. <laughs> Although, to don't be make fair, me suffer through this in my free time. To be fair, I'm not great with a great axe in real life either. Well, so no, that's it's there why it's are opportunities a, to. Sure. Uh, but it, but, it seems, but, it's, but it's I don't have to role play. I'm yeah. killing you with a great axe. I, I get to roll a dice. Also, I'll say <laughs> in my experience, there have been opportunities where I could tell naturally these characters are would probably be interested in each other, and I found it was helpful to say. Um, Look, guys, if this is kind of where we want things to go, let's just be upfront about that. And it's the characters, it's not the players, and just actually be awkwardly wordy about it. Mm-hmm. And it kind of put everyone at ease and gave us an opportunity to do it. And just to, again, pimp my favorite game system ever, the Apocalypse World mm-hmm. systems. Those systems come with, like, in your backstory, there's this section of, like, how do you know, how does your character know the other characters? And many of them include a, my character has a crush on so-and-so and hasn't told them yet. But the players all know, mm-hmm. right? So it becomes this meta-knowledge that's kind of easier to deal with. And <coughs> you know going into it, this is going to be part of our game. You know, it's interesting, too, because I wonder, I wonder if, that, if that's easier in a one-shot than a campaign. Because you know at the end of it, it's like, okay, hey, that was the... Because one-shots always feel like they're over the top in every way. Right, people are like, I'm never going to see this character again. Fuck it, I'm jumping off the roof or whatever it is. Right, so you're like, oh, yeah, our characters have a passionate relationship. That's going to be great. Who cares? Because we don't have to deal with that awkwardness every week. Well, I've seen it go weeks. both ways. Yeah, no pun intended. Uh, the Sorry, like I'm all of my characters. Um, <laughs> but it, yeah, I've seen it be fun in a one shot. Mm-hmm. I've seen it be fun in an ongoing story yeah. arc um, between two players who are 
definitely not interested in each other romantically, but their characters are able to engage in that way. And I think it's definitely been easier when you said kind of up front, hey guys, romance is kind of a part of this game, and if you want to engage in that, great. If you don't want to, great. Yeah. You know, right. that's we know none of your characters are going to be romantically involved. Just say that up front, <coughs> and then you've kind of having that c- consent yeah. up, up front, which yeah. is, you know, always desired. Yeah. But I like in our 5e game, actually, mm-hmm. um, I got one of those things. It's like, your character's a crush on... Or no. It was our masks. It was our masks game. Probably. Um, and it was like, your character's a crush on so-and-so. Um, and it was a little bit easier because I didn't know the people at the table as well as I know you guys. Mm-hmm. So it was like, there's... I don't know. It was easier to be a character with somebody who I wasn't as close sure. with than with you guys who like know everything about me, have known me for longer than anybody's ever known me, and decades... Yeah. We said 15 years if you're out there. Yeah. That's ridiculous. I'm you, you know just a little older than 15 years old. I'm just going to say that the, to the camera. In, in, <clears throat> I, I, I was thinking about the in the Inukai game, the the, the, the original mm-hmm. original version of it. It started out with three characters, all of whom were bachelors. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is a understanding that you're going to get married, and that that marriage is going to have some sort of a mm-hmm. political consequence to it, or. You, a, a political utility, at yes. least, and um, Dave do- dove in. Now, mm-hmm. I think he was. I think we were harassed by what's his name, the powered by the apocalypse horror on our Hive phone. mind. Hive mind. Hive mind. Yeah. And he's like, "You guys gotta know. We gotta have see now. We, that that doesn't narrow it down anymore. Mm, no, he's still the most vocal. Yeah, he is. Um, it's all his monster hearts, though. So. Yeah. <laughs> Sure, that's a great it's a, game too. Yeah. Speaking of romance, <laughs> yes, but he he dove in. Dave's like, oh, I I've decided I'm smitten with the with mm-hmm. the scorpion shugenja fire shugenja. Mm-hmm. So and off that went, and it made some interesting stuff because she was originally sent to to the to the valley mm-hmm. to to be offered as a bride for Dave's character's lord. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there was all that awkwardness with Dave and going. And like clutching his fan, going, "Oh no!" Oh. Yeah, <laughs> thinking we, that he was going to have to cut himself in the gut. And, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I there was all kinds of. Yeah, that we, we left on a cliffhanger. Game. We're like, "Does Dave kill himself <laughs> in this next episode?" Oh, yeah. or, he says, "I made a new character just in case." Yeah, I think there's also a difference between we we tend in our games to more often have romances between characters and NPCs. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's because of mm-hmm. like the, it's a little bit like I know that Bruce in our five E game. I don't know if I'd call it romance, but he definitely didn't sleep alone very often as the bard. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, things like that, you know. And we didn't, like, RP it out, but he was like, well, yes. Well, he had to sleep with NPCs because he pissed off every <laughs> PC in the group. <laughs> so, well, yeah. I mean, he might have been able to get with one of the rhinos, maybe. Maybe. That was, was going to be his only shot with the party. Yeah. So I, I, I think that in the context of PC and PC romance, I think we probably have about average. But I'd say, I don't know. I, I don't know if we have... Below average. Now I feel like I have a complex. Like, yeah. are we below average in something? This isn't okay. <laughs> well, I don't, yeah, I don't know how often that happens, though. I mean, it, I don't if if all of our experiences are some slice of representative. Yeah. I don't think there's commonly a lot of PC to PC romance that happens in the games. No, not it's, not it's infrequent I, in my experience. Yeah, mm-hmm. mine too. I'm trying to think of like like video games, maybe as a as a uh, 
uh, an archetype or something, and there's a couple of video games where you can romance people, but it usually just ends up with a one night stand or whatever. There's only Unicorn. one Dragon Age, and Dragon Age Two or, or Dragon Age Two, where you can actually <coughs> go all the way to a marriage. Skyrim with a yeah, Skyrim does that really well, and the, wi- the Witcher also has some. Yeah, yeah. but usually, but Witcher's usually very badly. Though. Yeah, you're just it's shagging. All, yeah, yeah it's and, and again, it's all digital titties. It's again, so awesome. Yeah. That's that's you <laughs> interacting with the game rather than like this person yeah. writing right. across. Well, I understand, yeah. but there's choices you can make to woo these people. But but I'm I'm trying to think of there's just not many that do that. Hmm. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Well, maybe I think it depends. If you're playing a lot of the JRPGs, if you play a lot of the JRPGs or the actual dating video mm-hmm. games, mm-hmm. and there's tons of it, right? But I think Jason's point is very well taken. It's like mm-hmm. that's when it's you and you're playing a video game and whatever. It, it, there's no stakes. Whatever yeah. I'm right. doing it, who exactly. cares? No one yeah. sees what stupid shit I'm doing. Except yeah. when I'm playing next to my husband. Right. It's like. What are those like, options are you choosing? <laughs> like, Damn, girl. So the unicorn's th- staying unused, right? No <laughs> unicorn. I want to see digital titties. Oh, no. They're not real. Uh, S.P. Lloyd asked, no, I did not drop the big spoiler about the Daimyo and Elfago. No. So, we need ask- to watch that because a bunch of people are listening through that right now. So we have to be careful about that. Well, let me ask you this, Kimmy, because you're the token girl here tonight. Sorry. Tonight. Uh, <laughs> has there ever been awkwardness at a table when something like that happens? There's just an, just to yeah. show another point on this? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, it depends on the person. Like, I know in our uh, Magnificent Bastards game, Bill and I, my characters actually flirt quite a mm-hmm. bit. And you walked in on me while I was taking a bath, and I, like, nakedly broke a bottle and was like, next time, ask for an invitation. Right. Um, I'll invite you. It'll be fine. And uh, whatever I said. Yeah, that's romance. Cool. It's definitely flirty. Yeah. Well, in that Magnificent Bastards game? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's pretty much <laughs> it. Totally, yeah. Um, so, sometimes, like, that's not awkward, but there have been times where I feel it's I feel more awkward about like romance things when people are kind of pigeonholing my I generally pick female characters because I'm more comfortable doing that um, when people are pigeon pigeonholing my character into romantic like tactics as it were mm-hmm. like when it's <clears throat> like hey obviously the only way to do this is for the girl to seduce the guy the guy we're after or whatever and then right. it's kind of like. Yeah, we just did that. We just we just ran into that. You're still <laughs> mad. I was, I was, yeah, and I, I, I mean, there are characters like uh, like Irene Adler would probably mm-hmm. be involved in something like that. But you know, there's some characters that wouldn't, and it's like it tends to kind of be something people jump to fairly readily. And that's generally when like when it gets awkward for me. Um, I've never been at a table where someone was like. Like awkwardly, like a creeper. Yeah, mm. I mean, I've been near creepers. I'm very familiar with those. <laughs> yeah. Don't wave your hands around, pointing to people at this table. No, no, no. no. This is general, general hand motions here. Well, in the in the vampire game, uh, what's his name? The the butters clone, the the coroner. Right. He's totally smitten with with, with Riley. With yeah. Riley. Yeah. Totally. But again, I mean, it's an NPC. That's an NPC. But it's well, also you with I, Samantha, I so that'd be a good question, kind of to ask. <laughs> but she also plays along with it, and she seems, right. and she's the one who like enthralled him. Right. So she instigated it. Oh sure. So Absolutely. Um, I mean, there's been times at the table where I worried about, like, <laughs> I'm not going to say names, but there's a point where I had a very big crush on someone who was in one of our games, and um, and he and I flirted a whole... Sh- our characters flirted a whole lot. Even though my character was a female disguised as a male, and that really confused all the other people in the party. <laughs> Whoa, what's happening here? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, there have been times where I felt awkward about that making other people uncomfortable. And yeah. I think that's also something that kind of keeps people back from that, too, sometimes, is you don't necessarily... Even though it made sense for our characters, and we were both, like, all into it. Um 
Yeah, sometimes lines can get blurred. <laughs> totally. I, I could totally see how that can be a real problem, especially yeah. with uh, gamers. Yeah. Well, role-playing I, games are a social thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, also, on that on that note of, you know, uh, not wanting things to become unnecessarily awkward, and like, Zach, I totally get wanting to add this to your game. Although, I will say, there are a couple people at my table who have specifically said, I don't want to have any romantic entanglements. It's weird. It's awkward for me. I don't want to do it. That has to be okay too. Yeah, absolutely. Like, consent absolutely. for consent is you know it's both, it goes in both directions, and so just I would say have an open conversation about yeah. it. Say who at the table would like to have romantic entanglements. Either you know who's open to that. Put a flag up and say this is a okay. And for anybody who says nope, flag is down. No, thank you. Mm-hmm. That has to be okay too, without making them feel bad about it. Because yeah. you know yeah. that's Absolutely. a totally legitimate Absolutely. choice that I know people would walk out of my game if they're if I said nope. Everyone must have romantic interests. Like, yeah. And whenever well, I've run a game, I've never had the presence of mind to ask that ahead of time. So if somebody says, wait, I don't want to, I don't want romance in the game. Mm-hmm. Honor that. Right. Well, it's yeah. interesting. It's like when you run a fiasco game. Right, mm-hmm. it, it run it right, but you always ask at the beginning: okay, Is there anything anyone at the table is uncomfortable with? Because the acid goes way off the rails really <laughs> quick, right? Yeah. So some people like, oh yeah, um, duck sodomy. I'm out. And you're like, okay, great, and everybody at the table knows no duck sodomy in the game, right? <laughs> of course, the problem with that is I'm always thinking duck. Yeah, now I can't yeah. think anything I'm but that. I will say there is. I will say there is one game because uh, you talked. We've talked about the backstories intertwined. Mm-hmm. There is one game that I've run, uh, or a series I've run. I guess a franchise at uh, all the cons where where there are numerous on the characters where you people have secret crushes on other people. Mm-hmm. But that's my grim game. Oh, so yeah. they're all like eight year old kids, right. Right. eight nine year olds yeah. that have like these kid crushes, and it's actually. That it's kind of fun to see them like do the yeah. whole like, yeah, okay, I'll hey, would you like my sandwich? <laughs> yeah. Like it, it's so because everybody, <laughs> yeah, everybody like has that. I like that. you. Yeah, exactly. They totally <laughs> jump, they, everybody jumps on that, right? So it's that's one of things where I mean a, a very light, but but yeah. for those characters in their age brackets, what romances for them, people don't. There's no problem with that. I think it's because there's no. Sexual implication, right? Right. right. They yeah. just know it's like, oh, I like that person. I right. think yeah. The problem yeah. is, we all still do that. I, I, I insult <laughs> women I like all the time. <laughs> wow, you like a lot of women. <laughs> like a lot of women. <laughs> yeah. The one Stork, thing I didn't know you cared. <laughs> the one thing I was a little, a little amused slash disturbed by oh, no. is the it's a safe place to try out pickup lines or work out a build interest or, yeah. like, or work out your personal problems yeah. in the group like yeah, I might disagree with that yeah. Yeah. I'm just gonna say yeah. You know, yeah. that's that's not a not a good and, spot and for that I feel like they could get super awkward if you have couples that play in games right mm-hmm. and we've had those discussions before but like and I think Stu you're like oh man I hate having couples being games and I was like well you're gonna have me and Elspeth so fucking deal dude <laughs> but uh, but yeah I mean you you see that happen where and you're like wow they're their characters are interacting, but they're working some stuff out. Right they're now. fighting. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, He's wow. really cute. Wow. It's okay. I married someone else and it worked out great. <laughs> <laughs> then you had the then you had the one that, that played. No, 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 no. Oh god. There was that. We We've never... known her too long. We can't hold this against her. <laughs> she yeah. was young. No, that's why we can hold no, it against yeah. her. We've known like her that long. Six years since that happened. Chad. His actual Chad. name was not Chad. But... Chad. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Zach in Chicago. Was he a hanging Chad? Yeah, that, I think that was. 
I think that was uh, you know you know, that, you know when I asked if things got awkward that's kind of what I meant <laughs> that time it made it super awkward and we're only I just edited minutes so in. much before it reached my mouth I know. Right. My you husband's get, you watching. Get kudos for that. Awesome, yeah. yeah. Kudos. The best part is my husband's watching the stream right now to make sure the sink is closed. He's like, right. Why didn't I have these stories? <laughs> no, that was the opposite of romance. That was the uh, like drinking. <laughs> the 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 game ending romance was like a huge part of right. That. Yes. Like, oh, you're being an and you know there are there but there have also been romance ending games. Yes. Right on the flip side of that, where it's like I thought things were going great, and we started playing a game together. And, oh no! Exactly. In fact, in fact, I want to say that when a role player and a power I, gamer I wanna, get I wanna, together, I want to say that right. there was maybe even a date oh. Stu at one point was thinking of going on in his life, and he was like, oh. But she likes this system. It would never work. It's <laughs> like, wow. Wow. She's a Warhammer person. I can't. Oh my god. Right. She likes mini games. Oh, oh, miniatures. Holy man. crap. If I had to show me those Napoleonic figures one more time, I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> Is it? Did that actually happen? Did that actually happen? Uh, we'll talk about it off. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> yes. Howdy, Ducerados. Ducerados. Yeah. yeah. Ducerados. Wait, what, what is this? This is a tip for sci-fi technology. Oh, tip for sci-fi technology. Southern gent from, from Texas. From the Southern gent from Texas. It's me again, Southern gent from Texas. Mm, yeah. Nice, nice. I just finished listening to episode eight of the season, eighteen, and want to write in on a topic I had for running a sci-fi game. And how to deal with the technology fast travel issue. We had talked about this. And I got a lot of flack for this yeah, on the forum. Yeah, was like, yeah, it's exactly the same as running fantasy. I'm so glad you're not the you only one getting flack these it's days. not the same. Uh, I haven't been GMing that long. Uh, but you may remember my story about the horrible Star Wars D20 game from a few weeks ago. Oh, it was so oh. horrible. Oh, my God. I, mean, I don't remember. After we booted the old GM from the group... I took on running a few oh, sessions of Star Wars D20 until we found an experienced GM to run the game for us. Oh, yeah. By the wow. way, if you haven't listened to this podcast, there's tons of harsh that happens all yeah, the time. Yeah. Great. <laughs> People are like, so after we buried his body yeah. in the backyard... <laughs> we actively asked for fact, horror stories as yeah, well. Yeah. In fact, the last, the last... This podcast I was on, there was that amazing story about the guy who literally saved... His roommate's life by getting a gangster into oh his God. gaming room. That was amazing. <laughs> because when the guy came over and said, "Is your friend? Is your roommate here?" And he was like, "No, he's not." But you want to have a beer? And then he's like asking what he's doing. He's like, "Well, I'm getting ready for this D and D game." And the guy was like, "What? I want to play." He found out. Can like, I play a ranger? Can I play right. a ranger? Whatever. Like, he finds out months later after they've kind of like been cool and now nobody harasses him. He's like, "Oh, yeah, remember that day I came by? I was there to kill your friend and probably you too." And you're like, "Oh." Holy what? Oh, but you're no. cool. You offer me beer, and then we play D and D. Now we're friends. Yeah, so now that it worked out great. So that yeah. worked out great. So D&D I'm saying, like, lives. it's it's yeah, it's harsh. Like, wow. This is just some harsh things yeah. going to happen. Yeah. So then, just booting a GM, yeah. well, that hardly <laughs> counts. Yeah, they didn't kill him. You should at least stab him. Uh, <laughs> now, being a new GM, I was worried about the problem of dealing with all of the tech, even though I was pretty familiar with the system by that point. I talked to the players, and it was agreed that they would all start at level one start as level one PCs that all were brought together for a common purpose on the city planet of Coruscant. As level one characters, they had basic weaponry and equipment and were quite far from being able to afford a ship of their own. This opened up the ability for them to really explore the area around them by more mundane means of transportation. (coughs) Yes, they could hire a speeder taxi and shuttle them to an area hundreds of miles away, but an interstellar jump was pretty much out of the question in the early game. 
We'd spent several sessions really exploring the initial planet and its various neighborhoods and areas before they were granted use of a ship by the Republic for a job. I think because of them having to figure out more of the mundane ways to get around for three or four sessions on a single planet, it made the acquisition of the ship that much more meaningful, and it allowed me more control over the initial pace and direction of the campaign. It also allowed them to get a good handle on their characters' abilities and equipment before throwing a super complicated spaceship into the mix. They were also uh, they were also a good ways off from being able to purchase a decent ship for themselves, even after getting a loaner ship so that so that somewhat helped curtail any wild ideas of traveling to any planet in the solar system the, the solar winds blew them. Uh, the next few sessions were fairly predictable from the GM perspective on areas I needed to plan for because they felt the need to take care of the uh, to take care of the business they were hired for so they didn't lose the ship the use of the ship. Oh well, yeah, you kind of leap, have strings attached. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm not muffled. He just has a cold. He's getting over a cold. <laughs> You're muffled. Yes, I have a cold. Uh, well, I'm getting, it's almost gone. Uh, I think some GMs are a little overzealous when setting up sci-fi space games to hand out a ship to their PCs and miss out on a big opportunity early in the game to add meaning to the ship when it finally comes along. A ship in sci-fi should be treated as a powerful magic weapon or armor in a fantasy setting. It's a goal to strive for and can be entirely be an entire adventure in itself to acquire. <coughs> Anyways, that's my opinion on ships and sci-fi. Thanks uh, for all the work you guys put into the podcast. I look forward to seeing what's in store in the next few weeks. Southern Gen- Texas. Yay, thank you for writing it. No, that's, I definitely buy into that. that the ship is a big deal. Right? Yeah. It depends on the system. Yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, definitely. Like in Traveler, you commonly have a ship, but you have a lot of payments. You got to maintain it's it. You got to maintain it's almost, it. It's almost assumed you're going to have some, access yeah. to a ship right. of some kind. And the another. new Star Wars, the. Uh, Ours is just really nice. Is right? absolutely. Absolutely, you get a ship. Yeah. You, it's part of your character generation. Right. Um, I will say that I, I definitely agree with having some sessions where they get to learn their characters, especially if everyone's new to the system or a bunch mm-hmm. of people are new to the system. The ship combat is often the most complicated part of a system. Yeah. Like vehicle combat and Shadowrun, I still have, like wake up with night terrors. It's, <laughs> it's, I just don't want to think about it. Although I will say, like there are lots of ways you can handle this instead of just denying them the ship. Mm-hmm. You can, like, because uh, from a storyteller point of view, to me, the ship is one of my NPCs in the care. It's mm-hmm. a character in the story, like mm-hmm. Firefly. Mm-hmm. And um, the Falcon. The, I can't tell yeah. you the number of times I have given my players a ship and immediately crashed it. <laughs> Great. Let's spend four right. sessions fixing it, yeah. you know, and get all the things you need to do it. Or, um,. You know, it's stuck somewhere, or it's hidden away, or you don't have uh, flight clearance, or there's all these reasons you can be stuck there that lead to more story. Oh, we got to do all this stuff to get clearance and get the um, the right guy to lie for us and do that. Um, or even everything works functional functionally. There's no reason to leave the planet because you've got a mission and you've got to carry out the stories, mm-hmm. and there's nowhere to go because you're hired to do a thing here on Coruscant. Why would you leave? Right. You know, there's there's no reason to leave. 
and you've also avoided you don't have to jump into ship combat right away. Which so, ultimately is actually pretty boring. Right, yeah. To, to be fair, I mean, the idea of ship combat is awesome. You think you're going to be doing X-Wings on the deck, and it's really just a lot of minis moving around and uh-huh. a, 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 a velocities and accelerations and who's going to shoot who, and you're like, right. it, it descends really quickly <laughs> into a tactical minigame. I'm going to go to engineering and roll to support the pilot. Right. Okay, pilot right. gets a plus one. Cool. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. right. And it was like that even when we had the, the pirate um, Pathfinder mm-hmm. game. So even though it wasn't like flying ships, it was ships on the, uh-huh. the map that are just like sailing ships, and even that got kind of like, oh, kind of a little tedious. Yeah. And it's like... Like fighting with swords on the deck was so much. But your fun. players don't know that. Your players are thinking we're going to get a ship. It's going to be cool. Right. We're going to dogfight, right. and you're like, guys, you, you know, dogfighting in a role playing game, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to descend into a mini game. So, like, so let me ask this: mm-hmm. in the in the um, Imperial March campaign, the Star Wars Traveler game, you guys had one time your ship was ever fired on, mm. only once. Did you did you miss that? That there was in a Star Wars game there was not ship combat. The only time was when you were trying to land on the planet. Yeah. And and all the defense drones, uh, as defense satellites activated, and Stork almost got you guys landed, and then you got oh, your yeah, ass yeah. shot okay. back. Yeah, yeah. That was the only time there was right. any make rolls <coughs> in well, terms in terms of like trying to avoid taking damage or do some damage. And, and Jason, just to fill you in, we have a we have a, a rule. Like Bill and I use that when you fail. When somebody fails a roll, which I do with the ex- well, a, a amazing failure, accuracy, right. a critical, a critical fail. fail. When you roll all ones, it's called the GM asks the player what, what went wrong. Yeah, what went wrong? Oh, and and in this yeah. case, I said uh, the ship gets shot up and we crash landed. And Bill's like, "Well, that's so much worse than what I was going to yeah, do." Fantastic! <laughs> yeah, amazing. Yeah, so the, I have two two questions. So one is, did you guys miss that? Because you were both in that no, campaign. No, no, I'm no. still being yeah. still catching flack for right. crashing the ship. So <laughs> then, so then two. The other question is, and I don't know if it's but. I, to your point, I used the ships as characters because there's actually been a lot of ships. So there yes. was mm-hmm. there was the ship you guys were flying, right? The Idiot's Array. The idiot, no, 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 no. That's no, no, the Witch, that's of, the witch of Endor. The Witch Another of Endor. Ship. Right, yes. Witch of Endor. Then there's the, the Idiot's name? Array, which is that's even better which name. is Kier <laughs> Starfall's ship, mm-hmm. which you've had interactions with, mm-hmm. right? Then there was Darth Anon's ship, which wasn't a name. There was the ship that you found on the planet, Right. That you blew up. Mm-hmm. Then everybody had a squeeze. Darth Anon was basically evil Yoda. So oh, he had okay. a ship that was to his size, and then imagine a full-size party oh, yeah. having to use that as the only yeah, means of escape. Yeah. So they're all crammed <laughs> in the little ship. Because yeah. somebody took the other ship, the full-size ship. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I did that. <laughs> uh, so, so then when you got there, then you had to use Imperial Transport, because they play Imperials, uh, or aligned with Imperials. But that's maybe changing, unless you're Dave. He's a Sith, and he probably won't change. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, and well, then, you know, then when well, Rob came the into the game, Rob too. Rob was a is an ex vice admiral and has this like big badass ship, mm-hmm. right? Had had right because <laughs> to your point, in the last game we played before we went on, we went on break, the ship got hijacked, got by stolen, right by Steve's masseuse. So <laughs> it was. Uh, so now they have no ship. So now it's the well, what are we going to do? Because we don't have the ship. And we don't really have the funds because the funds are all tied up in the ship. Right. And so now I think it'll be interesting because now I think in that, in the next big, one of the big plot things that will help drive it forward is not only the ship, mm-hmm. how to get the ship, but the fact that if you only knew somebody who had a ship. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, which, that's right. Cure Starfall, the Array. <laughs> so the guy that you've hated for. Someone I've helped out, my characters have helped yes, out a lot. Yes. Yes. But was an early enemy in the campaign. I, yeah. that, because of the ship part of it, it's like, oh, well, now we need a ship. 
crap, we're going to have to work with this guy. That's yeah. some of the characters we find with, and other ones absolutely do not want to do. I, so I'll say another kind of pitfall that maybe newer GMs are going to fall into sometimes when you're talking about a ship or just like something super cool in general is GMs will sometimes come up with something that seems so cool in their mind mm-hmm. and then it meets the players mm-hmm. and does not go at all how the GM thought it would go. <coughs> talking to you, warehouse. That's like everything. <laughs> um, uh, but it ends up being like a lot of GMs will plan for something that would have made an awesome short story that mm-hmm. did not have the players messing it up. Right. <laughs> but I use mess up very loosely. No, no, we've no. talked yeah. about that. Yeah. Right. So it's th- this can be the sort of thing where like oh, I don't want to give them a ship because they're going to want to go in space and do space battle. Like, well, don't do space battle because it's really only fun for the pilot and the gunner. Yeah. And everyone else is kind of running around pushing buttons, and that's right. what it feels it's, this like. This is not a video game. The only right. thing that ship can do is get you from one planet to the other. Right. That's really all it's good for. Well, both both um, tra- Mongus Traveler and Star Wars actually work very hard to make sure that everyone on the ship. Can get involved. Mm-hmm. The new Star Wars, the FFG right. one, yeah. uh, that, that everyone in the ship can do something during space combat, but still, all they're doing is making rolls. They're making right. a roll, and yeah. no, I didn't make it. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. I did. yeah. or they're yeah, they're, or a lot of times they're like they're contributing, like you know before they're you're right. contributing to. Right. I did this great. The pilot's getting a plus one. I did this. Oh, the gunner's getting a plus one, and then it's you have those two or three people making the actual the, critical the actual critical roles. Right. right, and it still devolves right. into just a, a mechanic. It's not video games. Ships are so much more fun than uh-huh. tabletop right. role playing mm-hmm. games. Yeah, totally. Please make sure you right. know that when you go well, into see, space I think, game. I wonder if I wonder if in the case of, of Star Wars specifically, if if you'd have to people that want to do this, like, hey, now's be space combat, great, and you actually bring out the minis game, which is a very good space combat mm-hmm. simulator. But then you have to people that are like, oh, yes, now we're going to play that. Now right. we're going to play X Wing versus Tie Fighter. It's going right. to be awesome. Yeah. Right, it, it it is. It's still a tactical mini game. You know, the thing that's interesting though is I wonder if if you'd be if it would be okay. Kind um, of top of my head, if, if if it wouldn't be as bad, it'd be okay to have that those ship combats if it was really streamlined and you knew it was going to be like there's going to be three rolls, right, or whatever it is, right. So it's like all mm-hmm. oh, everybody makes their rolls, great, boom, make roll one. Yeah, you know the one. And it's best two out of three of the pilot gunner, like whatever. There's like some everything ties up into some meta role. Mm-hmm. The the right. one good thing that came out of D and D fourth edition. Nobody strike me, please. No, uh, no. Am I muted already? No, you've actually GM'd uh, it. You you punished yourself enough. The <laughs> one good thing that came out of fourth edition and it's sort of stunning to me that after at that point twenty five years, now thirty years of DMing, it had never occurred to me to do a skill challenge before. Mm. And now I just roll that into whatever system I'm using and find a way to do a skill challenge. Mm-hmm. And that way makes it at least a little bit fun if we're doing a running foot chase or a speeder right. chase or That's something. That's a thing right. where you have to get a certain number of successes right. before you get a certain number right. of failures. And the right. point it, it's right. it's like if it's a speeder chase, you're still gonna get where you're going. You're not just gonna right. blow up and be stranded in the woods. One, two, three, not it. What the what? It's my iPad. You're a professional. Professional style here. Um, you have to take the call on the show now. <laughs> I hope it's not going to be embarrassing. you got to <laughs> hold it up like a phone, though. Yeah. yeah. It's a conference call. Awesome. From, from somebody not watching yeah. the show. 
Apparently. Um, yeah. Obviously. So that's that's Stu's super yeah. old man iPhone. He's like, hello? Hello? <laughs> hello? Wait, so, I can't see the buttons. What I, what I loved about the skill challenge is that it would, um, the point of it wasn't to cancel what was happening. Right. It was you either get to the thing in time to hop on the ship and take off. Or you get to the thing all shot up and everyone's taking damage and the ship is getting shot and now you're taking off under fire instead mm-hmm. of this other thing. So the skill challenge was this really quick way to get everybody involved. Mm-hmm. And I think the follow-up thing that, that DMs need to remember and players need to remember is that every player at the table mm-hmm. is the star of their show. Yeah. Right. And so the the GM either <coughs> wants to take that over or say, okay, it's it's your turn to be the star. And that's okay, too. A shifting spotlight, um, everybody gets a turn at that. But um, there aren't any supporting characters at a role-playing table. And that's that's the thing that a lot of like ship combat ends mm-hmm. up doing. And the, that's exactly what... It, yeah, even, the, even though everyone has something to do... Right. right. Somebody sometimes doesn't... Right. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> right. true. Like, like, I can't just, shoot or drive. They're I'm just trying to keep here. their goat yeah. alive. Like, yeah. however cool was, Zoe is on I Firefly, my goat died. What, however cool Zoe is on Firefly, when they're like trying to not crash the ship and pull a crazy Ivan and do all this crazy stuff, well, it's Wash. Like yeah. he's doing right. everything, and it's awesome. And that works on a TV show. Yeah, but right. it's, mm-hmm. it doesn't work great. Well, in the, a game I love I love the skill challenge thing because you you could have a thing where like, oh look, there's going to be a skill challenge. Two reasons I love it. You could say. Everybody can roll against their individual thing one time to contribute or not contribute. You, you, mm-hmm. you can decide where it's a positive mm-hmm. only or a positive, whatever, right? So you have a mechanic around that that then sets, great, here's the skill challenge number or the number of dice roll against it or whatever mm-hmm. it is, so it affects the mechanics. The second thing I like about it is the GM's not rolling dice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Which I always love. It's like, okay, great, here's the thing you have to do to get it to, to figure out, like, yes, you're going to get there. Yeah. How you get there, the condition you're in, what you can do, the whole thing. It's great. It's all in your guys' hands. Hmm. Yeah, and I, it's on the. It's it's all the players now are the star. The GM isn't sort of taking right. over or fudging dice rolls to yeah. make sure they don't blow up in the vacuum of space. That like, never happened. You yeah. fudged them too. Yeah. <laughs> really? Right. Well, that's the thing I love that 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 I, now I think almost all of us do is when somebody critical fails, is the GM like I don't want to tell you what horrible thing happened. Yeah, right. I you want tell you to me. tell me because yeah. you think about your character. Right. All and you're like, oh god, what would be the worst possible thing to happen? Right. To me right now, mm-hmm. right, and maybe that impacts just your character or the whole group or who knows, mm-hmm. right? The, the skill challenge answers your question. That's your meta role, and then yeah. what's neat about it too is that now you can narrate out the chase. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could do the escape from the Death Star with the Millennium Falcon, where the the fighters are coming in and they're shooting, and you shoot, uh, right. you shoot one, and you shoot three, and Chewie's yelling, yeah. and oh no, the hyperdrive doesn't work because <coughs> you didn't quite succeed with enough. So right. so Han has to go and fix the hyperdrive right. while you're shooting, and and the, whatever it is, and then yeah. you can narrate that out, and you make it out, yeah. and everybody's like, yeah. What? One With of my, only two or three rolls. Yeah. One of my favorite examples of actually using a skill challenge in a D&D game was a foot, a foot chase they were trying to escape because the bard, I think, had stooped the mayor's daughter and like they, they were do. trying to get out of this kind of walled town. <laughs> so there weren't a lot of exits. But in that instance it sounds like oh well the ranger and the rogue get out and everyone else is screwed so too bad but that's not what right. would happen in the movie right? right like if you like i'm always trying to think cinematically right. just because that's more fun for me um so in in the skill challenge it was you know the rogue was like well can i use stealth I'm like you can use stealth and leave the skill challenge if you want 
if you're not helping your group. And he's like, no, 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 that's not what I want to do. I want to duck in here, let some of the guards run past, and then make a diversion. I'm like, oh, that's brilliant. And then the barbarian was like, I'm going to pull these crates down. I'm like, I didn't know there were crates there, but great. Right. <laughs> right. Now there are. Yes. yes. Pull them down and use your prodigious strength to aid in this running race. So. Mm-hmm. You know, it just gave everyone a way to think about the problem Mm -hmm. the way their character would handle it. And it was so much more fun than just everybody failing dex checks and, (laughs) you know. So so as a flip side to, like, not letting them have a ship or disabling their ship somehow, um, do you think also, like, forcing NPCs or forcing characters onto the ship? So, like, while they're in transit, they still have to have, different like, social interaction and maybe not just be like, and we train for the next two weeks mm-hmm. while we fly to somewhere. Is that also a viable alternative, do you think? Well, that's a, that's unique to Traveler, because Traveler has two-week tra- transfer two sites. That was totally, like, up but, on bed. I mean, like, right. even in Star Wars, there were times where we were like, oh, we're flying to... Yeah, well, you never really know how yeah, you how guess. long it takes So, as a GM, you'd say... And yeah. right. Eberron, you're on a long a blimp ride. It's, yeah. Right. Yeah, it's... <laughs> right. It's it's at the speed of plot, I think, is what we've all finally <laughs> yeah. decided. Is like well, the thing the thing I like, even when somebody says that, like in, as travel, the kids like, oh, it's going to be Well, I'm going to train for this, right? I was like, I always ask, how are you training? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's like because you can only get so far watching videos. <laughs> like you have uh-huh. to actually, like, if you're going to learn to fire a weapon, you 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 got to actually practice someplace. And you have and it's better that. if somebody's mm-hmm. teaching you. So right. that was a that was a way to get characters to socially interact. Yeah, because I think. You had Elspeth and Trig. <coughs> right, uh, yeah, yeah. You yeah, said, you how, how was it you training? All of a sudden now, you know, Trig is like uh, uh, the shakiest gun in the West. With right. His, you know, he keeps dropping his pistol. Right, there's like Elspeth this five-minute of, like, RP that right. happens. And like, right. Okay, great, now there's a little more relationship between the characters, you but you got, your, mm-hmm. you got your skill point, or yeah. you work towards your skill point. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of value in in not overburdening travel time with role play because sometimes you just want to be like, oh, okay, yeah, we travel. Okay, we're there. Yeah, right. like, there's nothing but, you know, uh, allowing the opportunity. Yeah, and if you've you know. got, it, 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 it's also, it, I think it's also a way for the, it, if you have passengers mm-hmm. or NPCs on board as well, I think it offers, it, it offers the GM the ability to kind of expand expound on the characters, the mm-hmm. NPCs, who they are and who those, a little bit of their backstory and stuff like that. That is something you can do as well. But the first game I ran at a con all took place in jump space where a mutiny happened or Ooh. stuff happened yeah. in Traveler in jump space and the, so they're isolated from the rest of the world. And, you know, right. it, you could easily have monsters escape from the hold, you know, or you could have cargo that's dodgy and they're getting intercepted. All kinds of things can happen that... Uh, doesn't necessarily make it a smooth ride, right? You can, mm-hmm. you know, you can run into mm-hmm. an imperial blockade. The Rathars be lose. <laughs> and you know, maybe it's worth it's having them having them roll a dice to see how smooth their transition was. Mm-hmm. And if they fail, they're like, huh? Okay, you blow up your motivator, right. or you know, there's an imperial blockade. And it's just another dice roll the players can now make, right. and now you can, you know, it's something you can work with. Well, it's mm-hmm. interesting. I mean, that's in the, in the Powered by the Apocalypse stuff, right? There's a success. There's a Sort of success. Medium success. success. Medium success and there's, and there's a fail. Definitely yeah. not a success. Right. Yeah. You know, but all of those are just okay. Here's the next story element that now you're yeah. going to figure out how you work your way around. Yeah. Um, which is super fa- super interesting. I like their very simple three tiered system. Yeah. <coughs> all right. Excellent. Uh, GM advising a question from Alaran. Who would like to read this? I got it. Uh, Merry lords and ladies of the Jack. <coughs> I like that. That's yeah. my favorite one. Yeah. <laughs> I have a short GMing warning about using real-world events in your campaign oh, to yeah, share, and a question to ask. <laughs> the warning first. All right. 
In the superhero <coughs> campaign I occasionally run for my group, I began a subplot involving the U.S. presidential election. Okay. Dr. Milo T. Pinkerton III and the rest of the Consortium of Genius hatched a plot to use a form of subtle mind control to coerce voters into electing their patsy into high office. It wasn't just mind control. Their platform with the slogan, Make America Smart, included items designed to appeal to the characters and players' political positions with enough mad science thrown in to make it interesting. For example, defense spending would be cut while military might would be increased by replacing half the military with a series of orbital death rays. <laughs> Who doesn't like death rays? <laughs> How could that go wrong? Yeah. Go wrong. <laughs> I can't think of any way that would go wrong. The session It's got the word death in it. Come on. The session before the election... Uh, the PCs uncovered what was happening and confronted the nefarious group. I ended the session on a climax by having Dr. Pinkerton make the PCs a simple offer. Join him and be a part of the ruling elite, or fight him and let the ignorant rabble decide the future for all. Then the election happened. Despite the diversity of political views in my group, no one liked Trump. Between that and House of my players are real wrench throwers, I thought there was a decent chance they would elect to join the Consortium of Genius. And as a GM, I was prepared if they did so. Fortunately, there was no debate amongst the players. They smashed the mind control machine, captured the villains, and saved the election. In turn, I changed the winner to generic American president number 45, <laughs> vowing to myself not to work real-world events into the campaign right. until you know the result you of those yes. events. You have to be yeah. careful. Now for my question. Uh, so that was his warning, I guess. So uh, here's my question. In recent issues of IDW's Transformers comic, Megatron was described as, he's not dangerous because he's stronger than everyone else. He's dangerous because he's smarter than everyone else. He always drunk. thinks ten steps ahead in every direction. He knows what he wants today, but he knows what tomorrow that he might want something different. Every eventuality is prepared for, every possibility entertained. His whole life has been a cat's cradle of contingency plans. As a GM, how can I create an antagonist like that without it being frustrating mm. and the PCs are nearly <clears throat> in any course of action they choose will be taken into account? Also, as a player, how can I have a character who's smarter and far better planner than I can ever hope to be? Uh, yeah, classic. Thanks for everything, uh, Alvarant. P.S. To give credit where credit is due, I borrowed the presidential <laughs> campaign idea from Pinkerton's YouTube videos. P.P.S. If I turn the Poxy Boggards into a supervillain group for my campaign, what powers would you like? I'll right, answer that one later. Yeah. That's the end. But first, the, his question about the smart player. Yeah. I've, I used to play a lot of champions, and, and, I, <laughs> and I love champions, and I love superhero <coughs> games, and that's always a problem. It's like, how do you make the Doctor Doom character that's always one step ahead of your characters? How, does, how do you make that dramatic escape? How do you, and I did it poorly. Of course, I was 15 and 16, and I, I, I did it poorly, <laughs> which was every time the players made something brilliant, I adapted and mm. just changed whatever it is I had in mind. In hindsight, what I probably should have done was come up with a list of things. He's got the soldiers; they're positioned here. I would have, I would have had like a little paragraph or or a little list of of his of his resources and allocated them, and then said, "Oh wow, yeah, you know what? I did. I totally left that tower undefended. Oops. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, you can totally sneak into the upper level level of the tower. Yeah, because he's yeah okay sure. But back then, I'm like." Nope, because he's smarter than all of you, so he's got drones in the tower now. And it's a douchey thing to do. And I, yeah. and I know why you're asking this question, because you don't want to be that guy. Well, I was that guy, and I think we all have done that on occasion. And it, it's not the right way to do it. I, I think another way to look at that, too, I mean, you're exactly right. It's a super douchey thing to do, and 
And it's also obvious to your players, even though you think you went like, oh, no, he always had drones in the tower. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, because well, he's super smart. He's they, Dr. Doom. They know you just made that shit up, yep. and they're not having fun. They're also not going to yep. call you on it, because if they do, they think you're just going to fudge a, a natural yeah. 20 and yep. destroy them. Um, I, I'll tell you. Are you in my game? <laughs> so, so you really said Dr. Doom, you're making Dr. Douche. Yes, yes. Exactly. exactly. So actually, one of the ways... Um, that I've addressed that, which feels really counterintuitive, is to give the players more power. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that in that situation, maybe a Doctor Doom or whatever super genius I'm dealing with is that's a, a villain. Um, if it looks like a role means the villain has outsmarted them, I will ask the players, guys, his role is better than yours. What did you guys not think of, or what did he do? <laughs> and I'll let them narrate the villain a little bit. That's like, a great idea. Just like the critical fail. It, it feels <laughs> risky, but honestly, they're not going to do any worse. And now it's their group decision. And they're probably going to be harder on themselves yes. than you would, yeah. just like yeah. critical yeah. failure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have yet to have a group like abuse that. I, I mean, I also talk about uh, ahead of time with a new group. I say, look, we do a lot of sort of mutual decisions. I, you know, If your power says you can fly... Great. I don't need to know how many miles per hour it is, unless you say you can fly a million miles an right, hour. Right. Yeah. Like we're entering into a covenant here of reasonable <laughs> agreement. Right, right. Yes. right. You know. But like for instance, when that barbarian said, "I pull the crates down," I said, "What crates?" He said, "These crates full of bananas." Okay, cool. Like <laughs> right. that was a totally reasonable thing for him to add to the game, and it was cool. Cracked up the table. Everyone had a good time. Mm-hmm. You know. It was it was such a fun moment, and I couldn't have narrated that because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. it was it was his moment, and he got to shine. And I think if you have this super smart character, yeah, I mean, none of us are super geniuses. I mean, I'm a normal genius, but wow. not a super genius. <laughs> <laughs> you do look a little like Wiley Coyote. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, he never super won. Super genius. He genius. did not win. Super genius. <laughs> um, most most. Supervillains don't, do yeah. they? No. Um, the, the thing to keep in mind is that, you, one, as the GM, you're not trying to win. I, I think you probably know that already from what you're talking about, but for other GMs out there, it is not you versus the player. You're not trying to win, um, and neither are they. It's not your players versus you. It's everyone at the table is trying to make a fucking kick-ass story together. Yeah. And the more uh, more collaboration usually makes a better story, not worse. So. Yeah. That's that's kind of my take on how to handle any character that can do something you can't. Right. Um, yeah. The chat room is bringing up though Yoki Hikari. I can't say her name. I'm sorry. Awesome. Yoku Hikari. Yeah. There you go. Um, the tactic does require players who don't want to win though. If you have players like that, your villain ends up being uh, <sighs> an important uh, impotent. impotent impotent rather than present. I have a very tiny screen. Mm. Well, you g- That's why I like to wear a tuxedo Because if I'm my character's going to be impotent I want to look impotent yes. yeah. right. <laughs> I, I Command, will say Command I, Plus will make the text in it bigger oh. I, I set up with my players This totally reasonable question I've had this question before um, I, At the beginning of the campaign I tell them I want to tell this kind of story And I want to do it collaboratively And if somebody says I pull a dragon out of my pocket I'm going to say no you don't Okay. Don't make me say no to you. Yeah. That's right. that's the conversation I have with my don't players. Don't make me pull this game over. Right. Yeah. I, I don't want to do it. You don't want me to do it. Make reasonable yeah. suggestions. We're, we're, playing, we're playing Crusaders. You cannot be a ninja. Right. right. Yeah. Don't make me say no. So, there's always that guy. Um, 
And but as a GM, you still have the ability to say no to something, and that's that is your ultimate, yeah. you know, uh, strategy if you have to. But hopefully, you can have that conversation with your players and say, "Don't put us in this position." Well, I, and I, good, good. Uh, I think I, I love that ta- that tactic. Although I'm a player who sometimes am not in the mood for that. Like there are times where I want you to tell me. Like, it's like we walk in and there's elven writing on the wall. I don't want the GM to turn to me and be like, well, what does it say? It's like, no, you made the wall. You tell me what it says. So You, you don't want to have to do the GM's prep. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, and there's a difference. <laughs> I, I agree. Right. And, and there's a difference sometimes, though, between wanting to know you did something and you got the right answer. Because there's also reward in that, too, mm-hmm. in knowing, hey... There was something here, and I beat that something. Rather than here, you beat it. What is it? It's mm-hmm. like, but I, I want to beat a thing that that's there. Yeah. and it's super fun. There's been times, um, like I, I, I love like in our games, like when we do that, especially if it is collaborative. We all are saying like things together. But there's also just times where it's like, I won. Mm-hmm. Tell me what I won. Give me the thing well, the, that I won. Sure, you want the light halo and the yes. beam and the level up and the gold just exactly. out of the walls. And, I'm yeah. forever and, and an MMO <laughs> There's a certain satisfaction players feel when they know that they've genuinely gone up against the GM's plot right. mm-hmm. and completely foiled it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Well, it's the best feeling ever. And, and to go back to Stork's point, so let's say, like, oh, I didn't have any of the tower, right? And you're like, oh, but he would have drones, right? As the GM, you would know hey, they actually maybe figured out something that I wasn't prepared for, mm-hmm. right? But the character... The NPC. Right, yeah, right. NPC. Dr. Douche has to look like he's prepared for everything. So I'm going to have a thing be there, but I'm going to let them beat it. Mm-hmm. Or I'm, I'm going to give them the opportunity to beat it. Yeah, so see, it's not like you're I much went, better than it's I like was. I went there, <laughs> right? It was like, oh my God, he was totally prepared. Yeah. Shit, there's like mega robots. There's no way we can defeat those things. As opposed to like, we went to this tower. Oh, crap, that was a really smart idea. Okay, there's there's drones there. Like, right. all, oh, drones. Well, we can take out the drones. And, and they... I hit them with my electrical tank. Right. Either yeah. they, and they either it's something they can beat, or it's something where even if they maybe don't get in, like they learn something about Dr. Douche, they figure... Like, it, it all plays into, hey, you did something that, though he was prepared, mm-hmm. right? Because you want to maintain that, that sheen of super genius. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, a, oh... Yeah, but you know what? Mm. You found you're starting to find. Yeah, you found a weakness. You're finding the yeah, yeah. the chinks yeah. in the armor. Right? You're yeah. going to eventually be able to go. Here's the thing we're going to do, right? Because eventually, all those heroes figure out. Here's the way we're going to get them. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Whether we're going to make him believe this, we figured out and, his weakness or whatever it is. And here's another trope that happens in comic books that doesn't translate well, which is the gloating supervillain. He usually mm. incapacitates Monologuing. all the heroes, and he monologues and leaves in a spaceship or something. So right. Doctor Douche has zapped everybody when they walk into his chamber. He has electrical pads, yeah. zaps everybody. They're all unconscious. He has a monologue and leaves. Your players are so pissed at you. I yeah. learned this the hard way. Yeah. <laughs> you cannot undo that damage. Yeah. They at that point like, no, we don't want to play your games anymore. No, no, but there's more because you know you guys get to chase him. Nah, no, yeah. no. Fuck we're gonna that let guy. That, we're that gonna guy. go fight other bad guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Vampire, I've been there too. Vampire fifty four in the chat room says certain uh, games build that uh, type of thing into it now. The best example I can think of is Feng Shui two. It's the rule of cool is what he says. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of people talk about the rule of cool. Matt Mercer was on uh, yeah. uh, Geek and Sundry talking about rule of cool. Mm-hmm. I subscribe to that. You know, if, if it's. Or, or particularly, don't want them to tell us what the rule of cool is. Well, the rule of cool is if if you want to do something really cool, then you're gonna then you're gonna do it, right? (laughs) 
Right. Or, the or, first rule of cool is you don't talk about rule of cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, that's you the other thing. You pretend you know what it is. It's, it's not necessarily a codified thing that means th- exactly this one okay, thing. Okay. It's it's an idea that says if the player comes up with something really cool, right. let's let's Go let with. that happen. Okay. If it's reasonable and fits the thing and isn't a dragon out of your pocket, oh, it's it's you yes know. ending. Yes, oh. yeah. comma and, and I got yeah, it. Yes, yes, that, exactly. Okay. It's and it actually for me that mm-hmm. boils down to. Um, something that I felt that isn't in, it's just in my head now, and now it's going to be on the web. It's a thing. Is, um, <clears throat> a lot of gaming to me seems to stem from a culture of no. And the mm. whole game is built around how you, the GM, can tell your players, no, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. And that's not fun. <laughs> now, obviously, you want challenges. You want a locked door, and to feel like a badass when you unlock the door, mm-hmm. that's cool. Like, you, you want to be able to do that. But I, I would say any GM is hopefully uh, trying to foster the culture of yes at their table, yeah. which is the person saying, I want to unlock that door. Like, do you have any lock picks? Like, yes, that's cool. Let's, let's go with your lock picks or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, I've got a butter knife. I'm like... Roll it. You know that's that's not going to work great, but let's try. You know that's that that version of of that versus no butter knife's not going to unlock the door. You can't. Yeah. Right. Right. Like especially if you're listening to this podcast, you should probably at least somewhat subscribe to that philosophy. Otherwise, you probably would have left a long time. Right. Right. (laughs) If you had a yes hander, you're probably gone by now. Use the word yes hand because it comes from an improv thing, which is when you're improving on stage, you don't just block and say no. Right. You say yes and and on whatever it is you participate. Whatever gets said is true. When Matt Mercer was on the show, he talked about, uh, I think it was him, he talked about, and it's something that uh, Tapia brought up years ago, that You're he, old built, a, it was a long time he ago. built a character around this giant sword. Mm-hmm. And he was sort of doing, I think it was like a Dragon Ball Z kind of thing, as an anime kind of thing. And so he brought this character in, and the GM said, uh, or took his sword away. And so it was like, that was the only thing, my character was built around all of that, and you took my cool thing away. And I think that was probably, he's traumatized from that, and that's where mm-hmm. the little cool candy right. came from. Right. Which is... If your character, if the guy has a silver surfboard and that's his thing, right. give let him keep it. Don't right. just take it away and be a douche. Yeah, get them be let them be cool with his surfboard. Or, or if, his if all your players can fly, don't put them in a little room. No, that's not no, fun. Exactly. Maybe <laughs> once, maybe once you could do that, but like most of the time, they mm. should be able to fly because that's the cool shit that they can do. Yeah, and it's more fun. Like deal with the fact that they can fly. Don't just take away this cool thing that you're like, oh, if they fly, then they can easily beat the thing. Yeah. Then the thing isn't built right. Yeah. You know, right. And also, if, if you're if you're playing a superhero game and everybody's made a cosmic level character. And you've made Daredevil. You either have a conversation <laughs> with, your, with your player, or you, or you give him something really cool that he can do to keep up with those. Yeah. Guys. What do you mean? It makes perfect sense that Wonder Woman, and Superman, and Batman are the Trinity. <laughs> right? It makes perfect sense. <laughs> Don't ruin my life, Stork. Don't ruin it for I'm, me. I'm still a fan of Mr. Miracle in place of the Batman role, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> so another question you asked. I can't have my Batman, hmm. Wonder Woman, fan romance in my brain. But you I'm doing great with awkward moments today. Sorry, your, go ahead, keep talking. But you get your big part <laughs> on Mr. Miracle. Yeah, I want to so hear more about this. Yeah. <laughs> They're like the best couple. I love that. Lie, tell the truth. Lie to the truth. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> also, as a player, how can I have a character who's smarter and a far better planner than I can ever hope to be? That one's hard. Yeah. Right. That one's more difficult because as a GM, you get a lot of you get a lot of feedback from the players and everything. As a player, you're like, oh, I'm supposed to be the super genius. Uh, well, I think you have to rely. At, I had I had a character in Brian Brian ran a GURPS mm-hmm. fantasy game, and I took a potion that doubled my IQ for like. An oh, hour. I remember that. 
You, so you were like super genius. Right. Was that before I was born? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know everything. <laughs> I was. A, I was. I was under five. Under five. Okay. Um, <laughs> and it was really hard to figure out what to do with it. Mm-hmm. And a couple of the things I came up with was well that we came up to a pit and we couldn't see the bottom of it. I wanted to see how 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 far down it was. So whistle, listen back for the echo, and then calculate in my head, right? Knowing the speed of sound, how how far the what the distance is to the bottom. That's very cool stuff like that. That's a cool. Well, why didn't you just Google it? Did it have Google then? There was no Google then. There was no internet then. I'm just kidding. I'm, there was there was there was a, there was a joke. Kimmy's okay. lived in a and life. Stu's, and Stu's abacus was broken. Internet. My oh. abacus <laughs> was broken. <laughs> but it was really hard to come up with things to do for a super genius character. So yeah, I, I mean, would, yeah. And you had to think of that though. That's all things you had that, to think about. Like, oh, right. I'm gonna use echolocation. Um, like some people would be like, oh, uh, I don't know. I'm like, I made a guy who was super smart. So I thought that'd be really cool. Well, he was only smart for an hour, right? Right. So, but as a GM, what I think I would do is I would give suggestions to the player either through a chat or by throwing mm-hmm. them notes, right? Saying because you know, well, depending on the system, a lot of times perception goes hand in hand with a high IQ. Mm-hmm. So if you're really smart, you're also <laughs> seeing a lot of things no one else is noticing. So you're right. going to shoot them a lot, a, a lot more information. That's a great. Like choice. when you walk yeah. into oh. a room, you're going to notice a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, like the, the, other the Sherlock Holmes effect. genius. Yeah. Exactly yeah. Yeah. right. The now, smartest man in the room. Right. When it, this was read, I interpreted that of how he, he can he ha- run like an NPC that's smarter. No, he said, "How can I have a character as a player? Yeah, right? as a player, how can oh, I have a character as a I'm sorry. who's smarter thought, and far better player? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 think, right. I think there's a couple sides of that. One, there, there's maybe. Like the same way that I'm not a ninja in real life, um, you know. Spoiler. Uh, <laughs> I uh, I roll my super high deck stat, and I think if I have a super genius in a game, I, you know, I've worked this out with the GM ahead of time, and I'm like, hey, look, my character's a super genius. He knows stuff I don't know. Right. Can I roll once in a while? Um, recently, I had I had a guy make a character who is um, they're they're uh, the half mortal children of gods, mm-hmm. and um, is super super smart, right? And we decided that for him, like what was fun was this idea that he's actually sort of multi-threading and just able to maintain all these threads of thought at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so that was fun for him. And, and our resolution was, yeah, you can make five or six knowledge rolls in one action. That's fine. Mm-hmm. You, you can maintain all these thoughts and figure stuff out and I'll just shove information to you. And that's great. You can do all that. And that was a fun fix for him. I think a lot of times this is going to be a situational conversation that you're having with your GM. Mm-hmm. I'm playing a super genius. What is that going to look like? How can I do that? Can I just... Yeah, but you, you two have both given the same solution. You're phrasing it differently. <laughs> you guys have both given the same solution to a super genius, which is the GM feeds you more information than they would the other characters. Mm. And because they're a super genius, I mean, you know, like you said with Sherlock, he's, he's standing in the room and he can see all of the exits and he knows exactly how they're going to attack him in, a, in an instant. So he's already better prepared. He's already, But that... Again, if you're playing a super genius, you talk to your GM. I'm playing a super genius, so when I walk into a room, I want to know all the exits. I want to know, and when somebody's attacking me, I want to have a bunch of knowledge checks. That's the solution right there. Mm. Well, also, you can also like prep like a, a list of like random crazy facts, and just as like part of like the ambiance, it may not like actually help you tactically or things like that, but just be like, 
oh, well, I know that the rare blah, blah, blah species from Africa is sometimes here. And, like, if you have, like, well, and you Google, you have your smartphone, your super phone in your pocket. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you know you're going, you know, someplace wherever, find these information and just have it, like, at hand saved mm-hmm. yeah. so that you can spat out these facts, which kind of helps create that character that people kind of relate to in that knowledgeable way, which then is like the next step of then with the addition of the GM information, like really does create a character who's probably smarter than you could probably be. We've had that problem brought up to us. It's it's usually a different stat. It's usually the charisma. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, yeah how, do you, how do you fast talk uh, <laughs> if you're not very communicative? It, yeah. it, this is always an issue. It's just how do you play up a stat that's really great in your character that you don't have yourself? Mm-hmm. And, and eventually you break down to the fact that it's going to evolve into skill checks and dice rolls, and it's yeah. nice to come up with something more creative than just roll dice, you yeah. succeed. Yeah. Um, it's it is it's it's a problem with the role playing games because we we have a number attached to mm-hmm. that well, particular. But I think it's skill. also like again you can have that pre conversation of like okay you're you're going with a twenty charisma and you you the player have come to me saying I know I don't have a twenty charisma yeah. <laughs> I mean right. look at me uh, the <laughs> but the point is you know if you're having this conversation with your GM right. you you can say like look I know I don't have a twenty my character does I want to push myself for this or maybe the other conversations the other way around and the GM says like look I know you, like you often feel uncomfortable <laughs> in social situations but this character is a social ninja. How do you want to handle that? Mm-hmm. And m- maybe they say dice roll. It might also be on the GM to notice that this character has yeah exactly the that, max number in a say. stat, yeah. and that the GM might actually, without even interacting with the player, just start throwing throwing them a couple of bones. Uh-huh. You know, whenever they get to yeah. a have to talk their way into a into a nightclub, that guy always succeeds, and eventually mm-hmm. they're like, huh. How can he always succeed? Oh, yeah. I do have a charisma twenty. Right. Oh, well, I mean, you, what did yeah. you, you say? Could, you could also off camera some of that. So in that yeah, case, you right, could. Yeah. where you could say like, "All like, oh my god, we're in this nightclub." It's like, "Oh, yeah, my character will handle it." It's like the game goes, "Great, your character walks up, everybody else sees, they chat for a minute, the yeah. the, be- huh, the bouncer starts laughing. He's like, "Oh." Yep, come on! Right. Yeah. It's like, exactly. and then we just go. What, what the hell? The, <laughs> what the hell just happened? Yeah. Right. Right. Oh. And the player's like, "Oh, yeah. no, no, I get, it, I get it. I got right. it." So, like, that's <laughs> that's a really good way to handle right. it. Right. So you, you don't have to have them go through it. But, like, you just acknowledge there's some stuff that maybe you would make, especially when it's really high. Normally, I mean, people make a roll. I'm just gonna let you guys do this, but like, right. that's gonna be their. Well, if they have to get to the moment. club, don't let them roll. Right. I mean, yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 That's that's sorry. You get to the club, the game's over. Yeah. That's that's the locked room scenario, right? If if your whole party's stuck in a dungeon room. Right. There's no, there's no key. There's no way to get out. Yeah. Or let's say, like th- this actually happened in a game I was a player in. There was a key in the crack, in the, buried in the dirt. Right. But you all failed. And your we were all just yeah. making perception rolls for oh, hours. Oh, like oh, this geez. is super fun. <laughs> fun. You know, like that's that's not the point. Like the characters are going to get out. This is a boring show to watch. Yeah. Right. Right. You know. And so it was like we should make a roll, and if everybody fails. Okay, the room's filling up with water, but there's the key. Right? Yeah, give so, it to us. Yeah, yeah. there's a complication. Right. Right. We've got to figure something out. The water um, knocks the key loose. Oh, now right. you notice there's a key. Okay. Right. Hey. Although, if they have to roll to get in the club and they fail, then maybe they have to like break in the back. Maybe there's like a right. roof. Well, as, long, as long as a failure can lead to another, and that's another the thing, thing. That's the thing. The bard would walk up and you would have the bard make his roll. And then, and then you would say to the other characters, so they're mm-hmm. talking or whatever, and then you come in. Or he comes back and goes, uh, yeah, he's. Uh, 
They're not going to let the half work in. Right. Yeah. They're not going to let <laughs> right. the half work in. Right. Right. Because yeah. it's never that guy's fault. Right. Yeah. Or that girl's fault. Yeah. Never Christmas twenty. It yeah. is never that fault. Nope. Right. The last thing, the turn the I think that we have to like that's that's a very long conversation. We could put something up on the well, super powers. Like, in, like? is it individual or just so as if a I band. turn the pox person to a super villain group, what powers would you like? Well, I, I guess we could have meta like powers. Hive minds. Oh, I know. What oh, mine we is. we have the hive mind. The bottoms have legit hive mind. We do, and I know what my power is. Actually, it's going to be a field of unluck. This is their That's band. true. You do have it, an yeah, I'm like Domino, uh, which is, right. Oh, right. Which is yeah, everything, everybody around me. Well, no, me, really. Never mind. I'm Eeyore. No, anything so. you touch. Anything you touch. <laughs> it's like a, it's yeah, you have to, it's right, a touch, you right? You they can make go, fear disappear. Does that mean you're like the opposite of, uh, what is it, uh, Tula Brown from the, the very, do you get the reference? Mm-mm. Is it Tula Brown or Tula Brown? You didn't get a reference? Tula Brown? Tula from, from Shield? No. Do I have? Cultural reference that yeah, you don't probably. Have, really? Yeah, probably. Yeah, it never happened. Uh, Larry Niven. Oh yeah, Larry Niven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Said no, I didn't read nice him. Oh, you didn't read him in Larry Niven. Okay. No. Um, there the Ringworld series. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was Tula Brown. She, I think you're right because I read was, one of them, <laughs> and that sounds familiar. The human population was manipulated like was manipulated by the, the puppeteers, which is an alien right. species, because they wanted to see if luck was a was genetically inherited. So is they it stark? genetically inherited. Yeah, my daughter has bad luck too. Yeah. <laughs> she, rolls, yeah. she rolls poorly on dice as well. Emily is like, it's genetic. <laughs> but did they, over the course of generations, they basically had like a um, because the Earth was so overpopulated. They had a, uh, a uh, I think they call it a birthright lottery. Yes. So if you wanted to yep. procreate, you had to win this lottery. Mm-hmm. And there were some people that were exceptions because they were like a super genius. They were like, right. oh, no, like this person has to have offspring right. because we need to keep their mm-hmm. genetic code mm-hmm. alive and passed down through generations. But for everyone Everybody else, else right. you had to win this lottery. And it's you know, like a one, like probably a thousand in a billion, so like a one in a million chance, mm-hmm. right? So. If there was such a thing as luck, only the lucky people procreate, within four or five generations, you're uh, going to have an entire yeah. planet of lucky people, right? A moment. That was their. Uh, you made me watch a m- <coughs> miniseries. That no, had. I don't think so. Yes, you did. I don't think so. And I don't want to give away spoilers, but there's a reason we don't talk about what happens on that show. Uh, it wasn't The Expanse, it was the other one. About people in a spaceship. No, no, no totally different. That's I know different. what you're talking about. That's but a different there was, thing. There was there was a there was a thing about generation yeah, ships. Yeah. And yes, but that's no, a totally no, different that's thing. Yeah, right. totally different thing. But and and then the puppeteers. The puppeteers are, are a congenitally um, cowardly species. And then they 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 came to the realization: if I'm standing next to someone who has gone through these like four or five generations of luck breeding. And lightning is going to hit one of us. Which one is going to hit? <laughs> right. So they stopped the experiment. Uh, <laughs> right. But Tula, the, they called it the Tula Brown gene because Tula Brown, in the, in the in the course of the series, is incredibly lucky. And anything that ha- that's, if anything's good going to happen to someone, it happens to her. Right. And so conversely, like if anything bad is going to happen, it happens to somebody else. Mm. The person standing next to her. Yes. Right. In the Marvel <laughs> comics, there's a couple of characters I really like. There's a character named Black Cat, mm-hmm. who's who has a sort of an anti-luck field. Basically, her her idea is that anybody around her, bad luck happens to them. That's okay. her Black Cat. So mm-hmm. so it's a luck field, but it's kind of a reverse luck field for them. And then there's Domino, who just for some whatever reason, if it's if it's the the most the hardest thing to have happen, that's what will happen to her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
because again, and, and I like I like variances in luck fields rather than it just or luck rather than right. it just being you're incredibly lucky. It's like no, you're not incredibly lucky. Everybody around you is just incredibly unlucky. Yeah, right. that's the way or that you works. Sucks the, the luck from <laughs> them, right. Right. or yeah. Uh, chat room corrects me. It's Tila Brown. There you go. Tila Brown. Tila Brown. There we go. Like tea leaves. Yeah, no, we definitely as a band, there's a hive mind. Mm-hmm. Yes, and we're all like, it's a, it's, which, and that is an actual true fact, and that just right. it's it scary. happens all the time. It's it's scary. Scary. Yeah, it's so weird. I think all um, good bands do that, though. I mean, that's uh, especially probably. with a jazz band. And, and us, and us, all good bands, and us. Great minds think alike. Yeah, yeah. So oh no, ours. absolutely. Yeah, well, there's like a whole like, all alcohol disappears <coughs> when they're right. Tappy once had the whole. A long time ago, he he had access to action figures. It's like they can make custom action figures, and he had a whole rant about everybody's superpower with their action figure, like sitting a super drinky armor. <laughs> you push a button on the back, and the arm right. comes up like this. Yeah. There's right. probably some kind of sonic attack as well. Yes, because oh, yeah. the boggard like, cord. Yeah, the boggard cord. Like you right. know that the either brown note. either yeah, that the makes brown you brown note. Yeah, that brown note. <laughs> Court, a cord made up of nothing but brown notes. That's right. <laughs> so there you go. Anybody with an earring distance soils themselves. Exactly. Right. right. <laughs> Yeah. But or who, or who can put you to sleep in that scenario. <laughs> we do. Yeah. Or, really? or or can put you no. to sleep. Right. Yeah. The guy, that could happen too. The boring note. The, the boring, boring note. note. The boring, boring note. note. It just yeah. makes you thirsty, so you wander away. The right. brown <laughs> note and like the gray note. It's like. The nap note. <sighs> All right. Magic item Magic identification. and identification from Kindros on the forum. Mm. Kindros. 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 Okay. We okay. Alrighty. There is something on the just before you know or before you go. Kind Ross. There, there's a there's a problem apparently when when we mispronounce people's names Ross. they get upset. There's actually a little thread on the forum currently about. Does anybody else bothered when people translate your name wrong and it's like. Then so, put it phonetically. <laughs> there you go. I was gonna say if you just send it to us and it's something weird like that. Phonetic. We because it helps because there are tons of people say like pronounced like they tell yes. us how their things yes. pronounced. Yeah. So, if you put your name as Bob, we'll get it right. Right. If so, it's like this. Phonetic. We are totally sorry, Kind Ross, if, if this is wrong. Kindros. Yep. Did you see the? There's a video. There's a Key and Peel video about this. Uh, oh, just just go to the forums and check it out. It's there's that that was that's worth the thread right, right there. Was somebody right. posting that video? Happyjacks.org/forum. There you go. Greetings! Exclamation point. Mm. I have been working on my first complete listen through of your backlog. Woohoo! Brave soul. Yep. Seven years of podcast. Uh, up to season two, episode nine, in three weeks of listening during work. Wow. 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 I, you got a really boring job. Wow, did you see that? <laughs> what? So they're, the person is going through our backlog. They're up to season two, episode nine, in three weeks. Yes. Season two, episode nine. So that's in 20, three weeks. So 29 in, episodes. That's three weeks. crazy. Times. That was when we did long episodes, so it's like the hours. <coughs> yeah, we well, no, nah. the first two seasons weren't very long. No, but yeah. yeah. By, by, by like season, season four or five? Then we started drinking. They just seemed long. Sticking out in my head is season six. Yes, that one got really long. Horrifically, like three hours long. That was all the jib emails. (laughs) 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 Then we finally just gave him a spot in the show. Yeah, right. It's actually (laughs) crammed right up. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And also season three. There's long ones in three, but. Let him do, let him do. Your mic's not on, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, th- <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Everybody's yeah, like, oh, yeah, Stu looks like he's really having a great conversation. I'm really saying. <laughs> blah, 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 weeks of listening during work. I have been role-playing on and off for about 20 years now with various systems. Currently, I play in a Star, War, uh, in a Star Wars FFG game and will be running a game in a Fantasy Age soon. I will get this small question out of the way first. Pips or numbers on your D6s? I like, I like pips. I like numbers. 
I don't care. It's a mixed bag. <laughs> I really care about the color more than Ryan's. I, I like it's, all, it, it's only one pip or a single line for a one for him anyway. Yeah, yeah. right. It doesn't matter. <laughs> He's never seen any other numbers. Uh, I, I like numbers on my D6s. I will say pips are a little awkward on the D20. That's, yeah. <laughs> That's true. Oh, I like that because I like to be go. No. It's 14, black. 15, I got it. It's all black. It's, yeah. almost, it's almost black as a nineteen. Yeah, I mean that, that really only really applies to a six. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't uh, really have a preference. No, I don't think I do either. I just want them to be cool colors. Are you die by? Yeah. Well, yeah. if you've played enough hero, you know, you just dump all your die sixes oh, on the yeah. table, so it doesn't oh, yeah. really matter whether they're pips or not. You're just starting. Yeah. Shadow run, suddenly back up your dump right. truck of dice. Right. Right. Suddenly, yeah. it's a sorting game, yeah. not a game anymore. I, I, my, my big thing is is high contrast. Yes, mm-hmm. the, the uh, die, yeah. and the, and the D- dark yeah. die, light pip or number. I don't right. care which, as long as it's good contrast. And, and I need, yeah, you're right. I need to be able to read it. There's some of these dice that come out; they're all black with like a green flurry six, and you're like, is it a dragon? Is it a six? Is it a I like four? Those I drives me up the wall. Somebody dumps thirty of those on the table. You're like. You could lie to me right now. I have no idea what your number is. <laughs> I did no, have someone at a con do that. They had like elvish die or something. Yeah. And I was just like, that that's no. not a number or a pip. Mary uses those. That's Mary. Yeah, it was Mary. I was just yeah. like And it's just like it's six you're my figures. Friend, so you're, I trust you. And they you. roll you and they're like, "Oh, well, I got an 11 and you're like, "No, it's written in uh, Elvish." Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like it's like bringing Star Wars dice to a to a traveler game. Yeah. I'm like, uh, "What?" It's like bringing yeah. a gun to a knife fight. <laughs> yeah. You have no idea what the hell's I have going no idea. on. Um there's a habit that I picked up early in my DMing that I've often questioned. When the players acquire a magical item or potion, yeah. if they haven't come in contact with it or something like it before, I have them get it identified. This could be easy, uh, either through knowledge or rolling. Part of the time, they will have to bring it to someone who is an, ex- an expert. This is more for campaign or world-specific items. There have been some who have discovered the properties through testing it. If it is a dagger, then they will try using it, um, try, uh, tr- use it trying different things or until it talks to them. Oh, I freak out if something dagger. Something dagger. That's never happened to me in an RPG. I don't think I've My ever had a weapon talk to me. Mr. Them. Dagger. Uh, yeah, it's Mr. Mr. Dagger. <laughs> singing sword. You know. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I totally God. wanted to be Mr. Dagger, though. No. <laughs> it's like the best. You know, I. Anybody want to go get stabbed? Like you, know, you know what? You know what, though? I. In riffs, my character does have a vibro sword, so that's right. I made my I'm first singing weapons. That. Who knows? Because I'm playing it crazy, so anything's possible. Name it, Buzzy. It still won't sing to me. You might sing to me, but I'm gonna be like, oh my god, he's singing for his. Yeah. <laughs> no way! It'll be like, oh, <laughs> my sword is totally. Yeah. <laughs> go, go, pet your your daughter dragon. Go do that. Um. My daughter and I are gonna have Ew. wonderful talks. <laughs> it's gonna be. Fucking crazy game. Okay, anyway. <laughs> it's riffs. It's riffs. It's, it's supposed, it's to, supposed be. to be. Fucking it's crazy. like Douglas Adams. <laughs> you're, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> Not insane. <laughs> you have the right DM for it, too. Yeah, we do. Um, sorry, in a campaign. The, uh, or it talks to them. Potions are drank or given to those who are lying almost dead who need healing and finishing them off in a fiery, bl- fiery blaze only one time. Uh, does it make more sense just to tell the players what these items do right away or let them discover it? Thank you for the n- amazing podcast and great info you provide. P.S. Current episodes trump my ba- backlog listening, so it won't be- take four months to hear if you give a response. Ah, great. P.P.S. Drink. Yep, cheers. 
Yeah. We used to do this. This this reminded me. We used to do this with our D and D games back in the day. And in fact, we also uh, we also described it to monsters as well. We would describe what the monster looked like, or the creature looked like, or even sometimes not give them full descriptions. You know, if there's a cobalt in the shadows, you don't really know. You see, you see a spindly arm. So everybody's guessing. Is it a spider? Mm-hmm. Is it what is it? Is it a goblin? Because back then, you know, we all knew our stats and everything. So. And in many ways, we would say, you don't, you're a first-level character. You don't know what a cobalt is. You've heard stories. You don't know what they are. So, no, no metagaming. But we would describe what they are. And sometimes there would be these creatures nope. that yeah. they didn't know nice. what it was until, like, the end of the combat. And you're like, what the hell was that? It was like, well, it was a, it was a ice worm. Yeah. Oh, ice worm, right. Okay. Um, but we also did that with magic potions. The problem with potions is that it was an all or, all or nothing. Mm. It's like going to open it and take a taste. It's like it's got a wax seal on it. Once you open it, it starts to spoil. You have to you have to drink them immediately. Or and it was a constant. But but uh, the caveat we gave them was once you tried a potion, it, you then knew what they looked like because all potions had were made from the same ingredients. All healing potions were a, a, a color or whatever it was, and so right. then you could identify them. By their looks, because assuming they're in glass flasks. I, no, we we made that caveat. We were like, we can't just you can't just like. Those are super practical, Sue. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. If I'm going adventuring. I'm carrying everybody's glass with me. Because one of the right. GMs, it might have been me, said, "Oh, they're all in silver globules. You don't know what they are." <laughs> what do you mean you want to go play another game? So, <laughs> so we had to have that caveat. I, I will say, coming to D and D late, like I did, I didn't play. You know, the second I came, my first D and D was third and a half edition, which was pretty. Uh, daunting. Um, was intensive. Yeah. Um, and then when that split to fourth edition and Pathfinder, I think Pathfinder did a great job with kind of cleaning up third and a half edition. I thought fourth edition was okay for what it was. Video game, the tabletop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's a nice little miniatures game. It was right. a role playing. Right. right. And you know, and, and probably brought a lot of people yeah. into the hobby. It was yes. actually right? great at getting new players into the game. I, which I, I think that that's just because it hit at the time and everybody had a zeitgeist and all of us old people well, were now cha- championing the bit like, sure. I want to role play again. And but, we looked around and that's what was there. But I will say, the concept, like when the first time something like this happened, like it was a magic sword or something, and I was like, well, what does it do? The DM says, you don't know. I was like, fuck you, I don't know. Like, that's not fun. Mm. <laughs> like, why? Why don't I know? But, I'm an adventurer. But yeah. we would always say, you you have a. It's a scimitar. It's definitely magical. You don't know what. It, and, and eventually, through using it, it's like it's a it's a plus one scimitar of light or, or right. blaze. I'm like, oh, okay. But but they wouldn't know immediately. You just they just knew that it was better than their average weapon. But but my question is, is it more fun that they didn't know? Uh, they liked the journey. I always uh-huh. thought, as long as you give it to them. As well, long as you let them know I, what it is at I, the end of the I'll day. I'll say, as a, as a late-game D&D player, I was super confused, and it wasn't fun for me to have this question. And I love the discovery and everything about, about role-playing games, but this thing that I've worked so hard to win, and now I have it, and I still don't know what it does, yeah. and well, i got to go to town and get it identified or cast a spell and use one of my spell slots as a wizard and do all this stuff... Like it felt super frustrating, right? You can't, yeah, yeah you know. use up your daily. Like it's a plus one sword, right? But oh, what, really? what, what if it's just what if it's something that you didn't find with any with any great effort? It's like oh, you find a, a, a rusted sword like buried underneath a, a pile of stuff in this dungeon you're in. I don't think I would pick up a rusty well, sword. <laughs> okay, the way we did it is like there's a pile of rusted swords, but one of them isn't. In fact, it seems incredibly new and sharp. See, I think that you have to find a balance. Like if it's like they just killed the boss and they're looting a chest. You know, it's probably near the end of the session anyway, so you may not want to spend, like, the whole next session or a bunch of time trying to figure out what things are. But if there's something that's, like, meaningful, like, if there is a sword, like, that that is, like, a major plot point or something like that, maybe they can identify it. 
Maybe that's like a time for them. Then they have to take it to the wizard in the next town and figure that stuff out. And too. his point, it means with four E, you, you, because it's built around magic items for the characters as leveling up. Mm-hmm. You gotta know what you have, yeah. so that you can you can put it into your math when you do an attack. Yeah. If you don't know what you have, you cannot effectively attack something. Right. Or you can, and the GM's busy going. But what if, what, what if you what if you are, are, are making something that's like Stormbringer, which right. is yeah. like some something that yes, it gives you uh, plus three to hit and plus whatever to damage, but there's also you know some sort of like demon thing in it that is very slowly going to kind of insinuate itself into your mind during the course. You of can't the time. really do it in four E. Well, no, yeah. because four E is an inferior game. Exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's you could do it in earlier versions by just sort of like. And you could do it in four. Yeah, you totally could. You could. You said here's the here's the here's the pluses you get that are just the mechanical shit. Right. Right. And then the here's the role say, playing like, you hear a weird voice in your head every mm. time you touch the sword. Right. right. I mean, yeah. I mean, you start that, feeling really possessive. I, I think exactly. it depends on if you have a table that likes that. Yeah. Right. You know, and that's and uh, you know that's maybe something to take the temperature on. And and again, like if I was the only one at the table who was like, "This was dumb," like that's fine. I'll just live with it. But mm. you know, flipping the yeah. table. This is too heavy. I don't. I know what it looks like. Yeah. <laughs> to my reasoning, Bilbo never really knew what Sting did. He didn't know it was a plus two sword against goblins. That, that knowing those stats kind of bums me out. I'm like, oh, it's a plus one. Oh, it's a plus two. And now all of a sudden, I'm in a, I'm in a video game world. I'm like, and then well, it, it goes oh, from being oh, wait, something special to being a number. Right, right, a mechanic. And, and we knew that Sting was special. We knew that it glowed when goblins and orcs were around, and we knew that it did extra damage to them. Mm-hmm. But I didn't actually need to know the mechanics, and and it, it's kind of cool that discovery. Eventually, he knew that this was really good against goblins and mm. not necessarily so good against the spiders or a tree. Right. But and and that's that's the logic behind it in my mind. And and you know, like I said, eventually you tell your characters, yeah, you seem to notice it glows a lot around orcs and goblins, and yeah. uh, it's really effective against them. I'll tell you, it's a plus two sword against goblins. Oh, cool. Yeah. I mean, you know, you don't, you don't. Right. I mean, I think, I think where it gets where where magic items get hurt in this plays in this discussion is when they're really generic. It's a yeah. plus one sword. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's kind of boring. When it's it glows blue in the presence of orcs and goblins and does extra damage to them. And then you have, maybe that's have a cool, card that says right? like, the stats on it. Well, so you know, it's like, like oh yeah, great. It's a it's a short sword. Okay, I'm using it. Okay, cool. But but it's obviously a very fine short sword. And you know, as you describe it, they're like, wow, there's something special about this. But when you're using it. In your day to day dungeoneering, it you know whatever it is, but then at some point you put them in a, a storytelling situation where it's like your sword starts glowing blue, and they're like, "What wow, the hell?" And yeah. then orcs attack, and you're like, oh, "I wonder if the, so." You let right. them discover that, mm-hmm. and only when the mechanic by, by limiting the mechanics or giving them effects of the weapons that are not all about just pluses, mm-hmm. right? right? Then to me, those are much more meaningful you, magic. You items. just reminded me uh, back when we were doing this, and this, again, this is AD and D. Anything a plus one and below was just a, a well-made weapon. Right, a plus a fine one sword, sword was right. a fine sword. It was well balanced mm-hmm. and made out of uh, Damascus steel. So it had a plus one against almost everything because it was right. just really well made, yeah. as opposed to your your right. average okay. average sword that you would get uh, above plus one. It was magical, right? Because um, that makes sense. You could get a master crafted weapon that mm. works better than your average sword. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It really only gives you a plus yeah, one. The, the in, in GURPS you had uh, for, for GURPS fantasy you had two tracks. You had the standard weapons, then mm-hmm. you had cheap weapons, which were yeah. like minus one to hit and minus one damage. And then you had fine and very fine, mm-hmm. which was plus one or plus two, 
both to hit and for damage, like they're balanced better or whatever. Mm -hmm. Then you also had magic stuff on top of that. Mm -hmm. So you could find a weapon that was better, that's not magical, that could give you up to a plus two mm -hmm. to, to, to both. Yeah, but it doesn't it, shoot lightning bolts out right, of it. Right, exactly. So. It's, like, ju it's just, yeah. oh, this weapon was built by some master right. weaponsmith. Right. Well, yeah, go ahead, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But, and, and then you could also, like if someone got a weapon like that, they could say, oh, I'm going to go get this thing enchanted. Mm -hmm. that, that's right. We right, used to be right. able to do that too. I forgot. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I, I think where like where it code. kind of breaks down for me is when you've got like the cloak with the patches on it, and there's like half a dozen things you can pull out of that. And I'm like, I kind of want to know what my cool cloak does. Yeah. But we're in the middle of this dungeon, so I'm just not going to get to use this cool thing that I got. For like five adventures, I, I might kill myself. Right, doing it. right. I don't want to like <laughs> right. launch fireball on myself. Right. I mean, the other th <laughs> the other thing you can do, I think, in that regard is so you get the cool cloak, right? As the GM, if you want to have that mystery, of what it is in discovery, immediately put some situation in front of them that mm -hmm. the cloak responds to in some way. Right. Right. So it's like, oh, the next room is like it's really cold. You can see your breath. You don't actually feel cold. Mm. And so I go, oh, there's cool. a, there's shit, because right I'm wearing your, this cloak. Your shoulder, the patch that's over your shoulder seems really yeah. warm. Yeah, whatever it is, right? So you give the, like, you know, we're like, oh, hey, maybe this cloak has something to do with heat and fire and warmth, or I don't know. This mm, interesting. Did, what, no, what, now, what, are you, what is your opinion of the deck of many things, then? Yeah. Well, I, I love chances. Okay. I, I love that kind of stuff. And I'm also the player who, you give me the sword, and you're like, no, it might be cursed. Like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what it does. Yeah. I'm I'm that player. Can you say moment but, of truth? But, <laughs> right. But but if it's um, you know some sort of like utility item or something, and I don't know what it does, and I can't find out because nobody has the spell identify, mm -hmm. or we're not going to be in town for five turns, then I haven't really gotten the item yet. Yeah. Right. You know, and I'm just mm -hmm. carrying this thing that might be cool, it might not. I don't know. I don't. I can't even like. Let's say it's the cloak of the Montebank. You know that yeah, I could teleport if I knew that it could do that. I don't know how to indicate. To someone, oh, that cloak might teleport you somewhere if you try real hard. Yeah, right. you know. But again, right. that's on the GM. You know, you're in the combat or something, or you're you're falling asleep one night and you're thinking about home, and suddenly you're sitting there and you're like, mm. oh shit, right, <laughs> right. And there's cool. some and there's some residual effect you notice right. on the cloak, right? Yeah. Or yeah, you're about to get hit by a sword, and you're like, do you want to get hit by that sword? Hell no! Great, you're three feet to the right. Yeah. What, what? if if <laughs> you know. the person has put on the cloak, sure. because they're too worried about it being cursed or whatever, right? Right. Yeah. So to me, it just feels like. But that's the journey. That's it. it could be cursed. That's sure. why cursed items are there. If you know it's cursed, sure. you're not going to put it on. Sure. Yeah, I think you just kind you of have to have that mystery. Yeah, but you kind of have to balance. I, I think you just have to balance what your party's like. Because mm -hmm. there are parties who totally love that. There's yeah. parties who have a little bit of understanding for that and then want to move on. You got a bunch of min maxers in there. They want the <laughs> sure. pluses and minuses. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I will say, yeah. I, I do like real quick. Just, uh, I yeah. really like what Sue's talking about with like kind of the code for different things. Because without kind of breaking the the feel of like the description, you're not like it's a plus two sword. Like it's a yeah. very fine weapon, yeah. and you're like, oh, okay, that doesn't break kind of the RP. Right, but um, I know what that means. But you know what that right. means as a player. So there's like that communication there. So you know, next time you hit something, you're like, oh, I get a plus two. So that's also not on the GM to be like, oh yeah, I remember you. I got you this thing, and I forgot because sure. I would always describe thing. them as like because usually you're in a dungeon you know, yeah. back in the day, and it's like, yeah, there's a there's a moldering tomb, but the sword seems untouched, or everything around him sure. except his boots right. is rotting away, but, or I, I think the reason why glow. I'm, yeah. I'm uh, Sort of fired up about this is because just recently I was, uh -huh. doing, I was doing a 5e we game. I'm running it. We keep poking it. <laughs> <and> poking it. <laughs> Stop touching me. Um, 
the 5e game, I, I threw some like this bad guy was it was that uh, what's he called the forearm skeleton dude? You know, he's mm-hmm. got like four magic weapons Fred. with him, right? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, I remember him. And I knew Badass. like there the end of this adventure they're gonna fight this dragon, right? So cool. And I made sure, like, oh, yeah, this guy always uses scimitars. Well, the skeleton's got a scimitar. This guy always uses longsword. The skeleton's got a longsword. You know, I tried to match something. One of them was a cursed item, whatever. Good times. Um, <laughs> right, always. But, but the longsword was, um, you know, plus three or something against dragons and a plus one otherwise. But no one, they just packed up all these weapons, put them in the bag of holding, and didn't touch uh, any of them. That's because they have a bag of holding. Well, that's what, the worst invention. <laughs> yes. Of whatever. I, I don't remember if they even had a bag of holding. They just <laughs> put them away because they didn't want to use any of them, even though I was thinking, cool, they're going to have this great weapon against dragons when they get to the dragon. And that'll oh, be... Oh know. my god. I'm sorry. I just had an idea for a brilliant magic item. Oh, really? Shared bag of holding. There's, there's only limited of holding space. And they've made so many of these that they've started using the, the same, same space, like a party line, the same pocket. So you like you put your sword in there, and later you go in, you're like, oh, where the fuck is it? But there's some other thing in there, right? Because it's the other guy who also has I someone's believe, lunch. I believe there was one of those. It was also like a bag of annihilation, which you thought was a bag. Oh, of right, holding, yeah, and you just put throw it in. Yeah, but I but just that, that idea of like, oh, well, yeah, there's only so much of this like nether space to right. put stuff in, and we figure how often you be putting the same things in. Right? Cyber everything in the tower. It was like the cloud bag of, every, of everything. <laughs> the cloud, cloud bag. Yeah. The cloud bag of holding. Yeah, cloud bag of holding. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I shit. Somebody hacked my bag of holding. <laughs> God damn it. You reach in your chicken <laughs> And it's like, spam, spam, spam. What the hell? Spam. Why can't I get to my weapon? Meanwhile, meanwhile the Hawaiian's busy trying to make his local mocha with like, swords, rings, <laughs> bag of gold. No, I want food. Or. <sighs> All right. Last email. Thank you very much, Kendros. Yep. I guess uh, do whatever you want with magic items. Yeah. There's not a right answer for that. Yeah, there's not a right if, answer. If we all agreed, it would be a very boring. Yeah. <laughs> you make a good argument for that, and, and I get it. I totally do. I, I think there, there even, and I'll actually even in that that closes out. Like in that instance, is there kind? Is there some level of doing like somebody's like, oh, I did this whole thing in five. Like, okay, plus two sword. Well, like if they, if it's just like okay here's the thing yeah and there's no like description there's nothing it's like oh here's the mechanical advantage yeah like to I me mean, that's like I'll uh, tell you I even checked because I wanted to know oh the players oh no no we like identifying stuff we like the mystery that's yeah. cool I was like awesome I can do that that's I cannot tell you things mm-hmm. that is super it, what, easy was that in fourth edition fifth edition okay yeah. in fourth did you ever give away magic items in fourth edition yeah it was yeah. A pain, yeah. blocked it was a, a lot of it out it was a pain <laughs> in the ass because. Half the stuff you would give them, oh, I can't use that. Yeah, right. And so finally, I get to the point. Where it's like, okay, you find Tell me what you you, need. you find a rare item, uh, you find an uncommon item, or, or however they were right. classified. I don't right. even remember right. anymore. And it's just just pick something. Go pick something out of the book. Yeah, I've done that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean that that's a whole other discussion about rarity of magic in a world. Right. Right. And yeah. Because before you, it wasn't. It was like. I don't know. There was wizards someplace just cranking them out in the assembly and, line. And right. <laughs> All right, this week we had 453 more plus three battle axes. Let's go, boys. Come on. And your characters <laughs> depended on it's like you the getting worst the right Santa Claus. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's horrible. <laughs> yeah, all the little elves are like, I'm going to make toys. No one have time to make toys. I'm going to place three daggers of envenoming. Are you kidding me? <laughs> all right. Regarding contacts in traveling campaigns from Steve in Sakal. Oh, yeah. I'm so amped up to this question. Oh, I'm good. There's more of them. No. There's one more. There's the last one. Well, there can be only one. But I have more copies. Well, I, I, I don't have to give you one. No, no, I kept handing them out. 
it's like it's like a Thanksgiving. You hand the plate out, and I was no, handing them no, to everybody else. No, you take one and then you pass it down. What really? a shot! Stork was unlucky. And didn't get yeah. That's what happens <laughs> at Kimmy's house. But who illustrious yeah. douche nobles? Oh, uh, this is regarding contacts and traveling campaign. My classroom. Inspired by your many star-faring exploits, I'm putting together Mongoose Traveler 2.0. Woo! Yeah! Yes. Woo-hoo. My favorite, actually. Um, you should you should consider using the uh, amazing mm. Star Wars right uh, reskin. <laughs> it's available, for, uh, you know, as a gift on our forum. Let's see, a Traveler 2.0 campaign for my group. As a GM who has spent most of his career in various D and D slash Pathfinder incarnations, I have a plethora of questions, concerns regarding sci-fi campaigns, and humbly beseech your wisdom on one such quandary. Hmm. For games which allow or encourage the PCs to travel extensively, most notably sci-fi or modern games, how do you deal with players having contacts or other resources, which make more sense being fixed to a certain location, especially in games where contacts are a tangible benefit resource like Traveler or Shadowrun, I don't want to rob the players as soon as they leave the planet or city that they came from. I've considered leaving the contacts undefined at character creation and waiting until it becomes convenient to evoke them somewhere in the plot. I've also considered making your con- contact a bit more you know, nebulous, meaning that instead of knowing Sergeant Dan from 7th Battalion, you'd be likely to have given time in the military base to run into people you know in passing. Have you used these or other methods in the past? Many thanks for your consideration. Steve from SoCal, the Grimace on the forums. P.S. Obligatory command to drink! Drink! He said Shadowrun. He did say Shadowrun. <laughs> and you started writing furiously. Yeah. <laughs> Super pumped. Somebody said Shadowrun. I'll tell you what I did in you are the, the Hermione Granger. I, the, the only online campaign I ran, mm-hmm. which was in GURPS, it was a fantasy game mm-hmm. for listeners. I got all the characters. All the characters had contacts and allies. Everyone. Mm-hmm. I mean, one guy's character was like Mr. Connected. Mm-hmm. So I took what I was going to do, which was a game where they traveled a lot, and I threw it away. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> I, I expanded on the city that they lived in, and the entire adventure took place in the city, and it was about the political machinations of the various crime organizations and stuff within the city, and that's because... The players gave me characters that said, this is what kind of game we want to play, mm-hmm. so I gave them that game. So that the rule of cool. may not yeah. be what, what you totally. want to hear, well, there's, that there's, may be what you might think about doing. There's yeah. another side to that. Mm-hmm. So on one hand, I totally agree, specifically in a Shadowrun context, which I know inside and out and is my lifeblood. Um, I, I, I heard that system is a hot... We'll talk about it after the email. Yeah, yeah. It, it's also a hot mess. It's, it is both things. Um, Sounds a couple of like college relationships. But, like, <laughs> my lifeblood in a hot mess. But, um, like, so specific to Shadowrun, your relationship to the city that you're in is part of the game, mm-hmm. right? It's meant to be. And if you leave the city, that is impactful and should be a difficult... Hard thing to do. Travel is not easy, and that makes total sense right, too. Right, you're you're locked in, and if you have to pick up and go to Denver, mm-hmm. that's hard and complicated and awkward, and it's all this stuff you have to deal with. And if you don't set up contacts ahead of time, or, or you know, throw some lines out, that that is part of Shadowrun, right? Mm-hmm. But for other games, um, I've, I've run Star Wars games, I've, I've run all kinds of traveling space games, and all that. And there's a couple different ways to do that. One, and, and you're talking about because you're coming from D&D and Pathfinder, mm-hmm. one of the great things you get to make use of in a sci-fi game are phones. 
or comms yep. yes. or, or video or you know whatever sort <laughs> of thing goes you to have. Space. Yeah, space. You, you have communication systems. Yeah. You can call Alderaan. No, not Alderaan. You can call Corson. <laughs> oh. Oh. I'm sorry. No one is available. Yeah. <laughs> You can call your contact on Coruscant and say, hey, this mechanic's trying to rip me off. What's going on? And they're like, oh, no, no, that motivator is ten times more expensive out on Sullust, so um, you're screwed, right? Your contact can back you up in ways like that. Or the other way that I've run that is my character is great with mechanics, Right, mm-hmm. maybe not one specific mechanic, but they're not a great mechanic themselves. But they know how mechanics work and how they think and and the business that they're in. And when when my character meets a mechanic, they are down to clown. They they understand uh, dealing with them, even if they're not a mechanic themselves, which mm-hmm. is usually why you're good with mechanics. Mm-hmm. Um, so that sort of thing. Where one, you could call your contact, or two, you make it a concept, mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. can. Um, make friends wherever you go in this area. So like Sergeant Dan from 7th Battalion, yeah, the, this other option that you laid out is is a great option. Is you're, You are, you know, proficient with military talk and, mm-hmm. and you make friends at the military bar really easy mm-hmm. and, um, you know, that, that doesn't necessarily answer the question when you're saying, well, I've got a level 5 contact who would die for me. Right. You know, like... Mm-hmm. All right, that's a big deal, and uh, you know maybe that doesn't fit that exact uh, uh, example. But when you're going from uh, 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 um, fantasy to sci-fi, don't forget comms. That's mm-hmm. it's super mm-hmm. useful. I can remember the first time my Shadowrunners were like, ah, "I'm going to use my cell phone." I'm like. Right, because you can do that. Or reminding your characters that they can actually <laughs> right. use computers. Yeah, or yeah. the other way around. Yeah, right. It almost always works the first way, though. You're like, I'm right. going to do this whole thing, and I go, we're going to do this. Like in the in the uh, Star Wars Traveler game, mm-hmm. I was like, I built all this stuff in. You can't get to the planet because your ship doesn't have jump there. And then I was like, oh, no, one, no, it was like the whole thing was like, their ship couldn't get there. It was too big of a jump. They'd have to get a refuel thing. And one person was like, well, but we're on this mission through our Sith Lord for the Emperor, so can't we just have a fuel cruiser take us? Because yeah. <laughs> now we know where we're supposed to go. And I was like, yeah, yes, you can't. That is I'm a like, good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> okay. Like, all right, well, they won't, they could take you 95% of the way, so you don't have to do the whole, you know, like, right. you still have to get the last part on They're your own. They're going to drop you off. Yeah, and yeah, right, and they'll come back in a certain amount of time and pick you back up. Right. But it was the whole, like, oh, I had all this whole idea. And they're like, but what about this yeah. magic of technology? God damn it. Yes, no, you are correct. You are so all so smarter than me. Yeah. I was gonna I was gonna praise you for this because you usually allow people to like maybe pick a contact or two, but also leave them open. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, like yeah. for example, in my yeah. vampire game, I have a contact I haven't even used yet because I just haven't had an opportunity. Because as a player, you don't know what you're going to be getting into. So right. if you've defined all your contacts ahead of time, and now all of a sudden they're you know you now you move towns or you you wake up unconscious in prison or whatever, you may not need them. And it's nice to have the flexibility in being able to call upon them yeah. that makes sense in the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not not as a deus machina, perhaps, but, it, w- you know, with GM caveat and buy-in and all of that, especially with the GM saying, you know, pick one, let's say he's your best friend, but leave the other two open, mm-hmm. and then we'll define them as the game rolls on. Right. I mean, sometimes it's helpful as a player to think that way, too. If you're thinking, like, oh, my God, the amount of contacts and allies and 
enemies and shit you get when you roll up a traveler character oh, blows yeah. me away. Like, <laughs> yeah. like I, unbelievably. Yeah. Right. We'll play a game like, oh yeah, Stork's character. He's got uh, two allies, yeah. three contacts, yeah. uh, one rival, and two enemies. At the end of just like random character yeah. Oh my god. Um, the thing that that I find to do like for the Rifts game, one of the disads I took is. Um, I have an enemy, a major enemy. I told Dave, like, oh, yeah, you're going to figure out what that is. Yeah. Mm. Right? I have, like, I have enough stuff to figure out for my character. Yeah. I'm going to write up all their stuff. Like, <laughs> I'm there's a gift. Yep. Please enjoy, mm. GM. Right. Right? And as a player, I always think that's a, like, as a GM, like, oh, man, what an amazing gift, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, the other thing that I was thinking of is in terms of, of contacts is you can, and this I think is especially true in Traveler, someone could have a contact. It happens at some point in their, in their career paths. That becomes... A, a plot thread for you far more often than it becomes someone they're reaching out to for help, mm-hmm. right? It'll be like, oh, here's a great opportunity for me to bring your contact right. in as something to drive the plot forward. Or some, or you can put I a I never problem. think that way. I always think the contact is something the player talks to, but you've actually used it the other yeah. way around, which is the contact goes, help, I'm yeah. being bombarded, yeah, I need right. to, and it cuts out. Right, and uh, the other and the other thing, too, is that it's nice when it's on their cheat and you put a challenge in front of them or an opportunity in front of them and a player goes hey I know a guy yeah. or I know yeah. a girl right yeah. like they immediately get to have that moment where they're like right. I, it may not be easy we're going to have to travel or I'm going to have to like you know I know exactly the perfect guy for this job he's in jail or whatever it is, <laughs> right. right? And then it becomes <laughs> yeah. the next big, the next thing, and the next step. Well, right? there's there's also no reason to shy away from the fish out of water situation. Like the, w- one of the times I got to actually play Shadowrun, I was like, I love contacts. I just had like a dozen contacts, and we were so connected in Seattle. And then that situation came up. We had to go to Denver, and I was like, okay, I can get us papers. I can get us a flight. Da da da. da. And then at some point, it dawned on me, like, crap. When we get there, I don't know anybody. Don't know. Right. <laughs> you know. Do you have like, contacts and contacts skills? Right. Is, there, is that and, a? And and you know, it was okay because we weren't moving to Denver. We just had to do a thing right. there. And it occurred to me that this is the same thing when we asked the street samurai to hide his guns or leave them in the car. Right, because we have to go through a security check. The street camera is like, "This is all. This is all I can do." You want me to do right? what? Yeah. <laughs> my you know, thing. and I'm playing a face in a town. I don't know anybody. You right. know, like it was, it was a really fun role playing challenge for mm-hmm. me. So I would say, you know, if it can be a temporary thing, definitely don't gut your player. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's no fun. They're not going to have a good time. But um, it's okay. To be the fish out of water and have that awkward moment of like, oh, the the Jedi who can't take their lightsaber out right now because there's you know a million stormtroopers right. around, right? Or they meet that that one species is like, oh, ah, silly Jedi, my tricks no work on me. And you're yeah. like, ah, my thing. <laughs> or you're Dave and you just can't roll with the crap, <laughs> right? As a Sith Lord, which is the it's best. He, it's because he co GM with me for so long. <laughs> I know it rubbed off. Does anybody does. else? I roll great when I'm a GM. And like crap when I play. <laughs> yes, this, this guy rolled maximum damage on my vampire and took me out in one hit. Yep. And I have a pretty tough vampire. They do. In one hit. Um, <laughs> and it's brutal. right there. It's right there in front. of I you. know. I looked at it. And I'm it was like, like it was a I'm lot of zeros. I'm not trying to win. I'm like, I don't even hide my dice when I GM now. Yeah. I'm like, guys, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like, it it does give you that extra like. 
you know, I, you can't say I'm lying. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, but then yeah. when you have it's to fudge really weird. I tend to roll behind, but then if I get a critical one way or the other, I will show somebody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I'll roll and I go like, hey, like usually something like, you see what I got there? Okay, great. Yeah. But the other time I tend to roll and because yeah, if mean, it's in the middle and it's around, they miss by one or hit by one. Oh. I kind of want to keep that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's no fun yeah. when it's like, oh, it's thematically, cinematically cool point for the boss to die, but he has one hit point left. You're like, oh right. my god, that's yeah, boring. Yeah, F it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's also the Stu does this a lot too, where you'll sit back there and people are, like, oh, they're like, you just go. I don't wonder what shit. I'm just rolling the dice to get your attention, and people are like, oh, what? 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 So I don't use a GM screen anymore. It's all in front of me. Although I will sometimes hit the dice. Use your computer, yeah. And sometimes you do hide it, like you know, you roll perception check or whatever. But usually when I'm doing that, it's like, oh, do you want it to be a good thing or a bad thing? Yeah. It's like if I'm not quite sure what should happen at this moment. So I, I did that during the Star Wars game. I, I took the two. I had two force dice. Mm-hmm. It's oh, like, does, yeah. it, does it give me like a light side or a dark side? If it gives mm-hmm. me a dark side, then it's going to be something that's not so great. Yeah, right. I've definitely done like a like the luck roll. It's like a know? flip of a coin yeah, or something. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, going back to the context thing again, to maybe just to close it out. Uh, there was another thing that you did, I think, in one of the Traveler games, which is you knew that we had context, mm-hmm. and at some point you said. Uh, yeah, the guy handling you is uh, your contact from the start. Oh, okay. What's his name? Or or, yeah, right. or maybe you had a name, but and it's it's this guy. So so you took the name of the contact, which was still undefined. We didn't know what it was or what he who he was, and then you gave him a purpose. And all of a sudden, there was a context that our players were now talking right. to the mm-hmm. other ship captain. That's another cool way to to pull it off without having them completely assign roles to their contacts ahead mm-hmm. of time. And it still allows the GM to bring in this guy's backstory. Right. The thing I like about Traveler, too, is sometimes you'll make a contact with somebody and then 16 years have gone by. Yeah. yeah. So oh, you get to really play yeah. it because it was happening your first term or something, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then you get there you know, yeah. and you're like, oh, yeah, you knew that guy then, but, you know, now since now then... He's, now he's bald. Yeah, he's just like, yeah, bro, yeah. He's in charge of the pretty sure it's him. Two kids, runs a podcast. What the hell, man? Oh, God, I love Traveler. And character creation is so fun. I it's have so died fun. in character creation. Oh, yeah. Old school. It's yeah. 2.0 to get rid of that. Uh, no, you uh, can yeah. still die if you go to prison. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. You right. can. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. Really, hard, that, really yeah. hard. Really yeah. hard. Yeah. Really hard to die. You can also yeah. get psionics, too. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. we also uh, we streamed it, and it's on the YouTube channel when we did character mm. creation for a couple people. So oh, cool. if you want to look at that while you're doing yeah. it. I remember distinctly, I think I just picked up the 2.0 Mongo's book, and I showed it to Bill. Bill's like... Started rolling up the character. <laughs> I mean, it's so much fun just to roll up travel. Yeah. Oh yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, when I did the when I did the Star Wars reskin, that was like the, the writing the new tables was yeah. like the yeah. most fun because you're like, oh, oh, what could happen when somebody rolls that? Okay, and and that's why I think it's like such a massive thing that I, it's it's ridiculous, right? It started as like, hey, I'll write up some stuff in Word docs. And we'll we'll do a Star Wars Traveler thing, and when it's done, it's like a two hundred and thirty page, like <laughs> freaking like professionally done setting. looking thing yeah. now, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm uh, thanks to Matt on the forums, like, but it, it looks mm-hmm. amazing, and, and Weasel Creature for editing the damn thing. I'm, yeah. I'm currently working on a, a, a reskin for a, a Powered by the Apocalypse mm-hmm. hack myself, and it's like quickly ballooning into a much bigger project than I was anticipating <laughs> but it's super fun yeah. and I'm just going to play test it tomorrow with my players it's not ready guys but we're going to play anyway twice called play test exactly you know fail fast yeah. and uh, yeah. move to the next iteration Stu did that for a while with his game and he would play test sections of it it's like alright today we're all doing magic so let's just t- we're going to stress yep. making a role playing game is a big it's yeah. hard I mean fortunately the thing. scaffolding of uh, Powered by the Apocalypse is fantastic there's a lot right. there 
to pick and choose. You don't have to take it all. You you can you know use what you like and throw out the right. rest. But um, what did you start with? Um, did you did you base it out of a, of a like here's here's my foundation that I'm gonna then I, use? I used <coughs> three different powers. So the mm-hmm. original Apocalypse World, right? Um, which I'm a fan of, but definitely has benefited from some of the outgrowth. Um, masks, which is great, but super oriented towards teenage characters. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, is super fun. Adults playing their mental picture of a teenager. That's why I love Grimm. <laughs> yeah. Adults playing yeah, yeah. their image of yeah. like elementary school kids. It's like, amazing. so great. I still don't um, want to play Monster Hearts. And really then I, I'm not as big a fan as Monster Hearts. Sorry, Adam. Uh, but um, I also really like the hack someone made for Star Wars, mm. which is not Star Wars. <laughs> sorry, it's called Omega World, ah, and is sure. uh, thematically similar yet legally distinct from uh, <laughs> the uh, Star Wars franchise, and is nothing like it. In fact, um, but it is I, not Samurai's in space in any they, way. Um, that that has some elements in it that I really liked it. Like mm. the way they handled force using, I mean, mm-hmm. with space wizard magic, um, is <laughs> wizard magic. very elegant. Um, and so those three together are sort of tying into this uh, sort of mythology, the, mm-hmm. the modern based uh, half mortal children of gods mm-hmm. uh, running around and. Uh, you know, there's a game on Scion. Yeah, Scion yeah. is similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, or if you want to play something Percy Jackson re- themed, right. or right. you know, whatever. It's it's kind of that that idea. Well, God's Among Us type of. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's cool. So, um, speaking of Shadowrun, I got an email today. It's very short. Uh, it said, uh, "This is from Hour Eleven. They finally acknowledge that Shadowrun rules are kind of a pain in the ass by today's gaming standards, and released a new narrative style rule set well, called Shadowrun Anarchy." It is a very smooth and simplified system. Combat is no longer a complex slog. No alternative (laughs) type for fire, of fire for guns, damage types and armor types, and the shrapnel and shrapnel damage, etc. Oh my god! Discuss. That's exciting. But what I started trying to read the twentieth anniversary edition (laughs) or whatever it was of Shadowrun. That is a fucking hot mess. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, I agree. How were the rules? Was the rule set? More coherent I, in earlier editions? Oh, no, it was worse. <laughs> it was worse. How the fuck did you figure out how to play it? We, uh, I don't think we ever played uh, by Hoyle. <laughs> you Correctly. Know, like, yeah. <laughs> it was, like, for instance, there was a completely different time scheme. If you were plugged into the Matrix, you got, like, X number of actions while the rest of the players sat there and waited for you to hack the Matrix. Like... That was awful. Right. <laughs> it was, you know, or or it was, or if you were in astral space mm-hmm. or half in astral space, like they you were, were half astral. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I there was a mess that, that no. we just ended up house ruling, and that was actually that experience of needing to house rule on the fly uh, was great. Uh, it was a great field to grow up in. And, and yeah, develop I, I, my GM skills because uh, you couldn't run it as printed. I don't you, know anyone who did. I played a Shadowrun game at the last con, and we decided to do a two-pronged attack, right? So one people met the attackers, and the rest of us didn't. And and apparently, because it's sequential, you run ten feet every turn, mm. right? So by the time we were able to get to the other group, it was over. Yeah. <laughs> How uh, fun was that? <laughs> Not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Zazen moaned in the chat room says Shadowrun Anarchy not great still they half made it into fate and not the good parts oh yeah (laughs) I'm not a big fan of fate in general so I 
And I, I know lots of people like fate. That's fine. It's just not. It's not <laughs> that's my fine. Jam. You can be wrong. No, I'm <laughs> the best version of fate I've played is what Kazay runs, which is not really fate. No, <laughs> no, but, yeah, house ruled fate is super but it's, fun. But it's, yeah. but it's, but I don't know. We've had a good time. We have fate days. We mm. do roll fake dice for Magnificent <laughs> Bastards. Th- yeah. Those are all actually also fudge dice. They were fudge dice before they were fake. Oh, I remember oh. fudge, yeah. 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 It's, it's the same dice. Fate is based yeah. on fudge. Yeah. I stamp fudge dice on it. They're plus I, minus I dice. I all of them. They're <laughs> really good. The, the, I, I'm reading, um, what is it, Dresden Accelerated? Is that what mm-hmm. it's called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? The Fate Accelerated Dresden. Yeah, Dresden oh. Files the... Yeah, I got really excited for a minute. I thought like you were reading the new book the that new I book. didn't. Oh, you know what? I'm 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 going through uh, side jobs right now, which yeah. I've never I've never read oh. side jobs before. Oh, okay. And fantastic stories. Yeah, and it fills in a lot of the blanks. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I totally derailed this. Continue. No, we're done. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, we're done. You're reading it. That's great. That's great. Yeah. We've decided that Shadowrun is indeed a hot mess from an expert here who's who's runs it and even has claimed I love everything I about Shadowrun, right. even the mess. <laughs> <laughs> and you may or may not be running it right. You Shadow, you, so Shadowrun no is that batshit crazy girl you dated in college? Yep. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. it was fun the whole time. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh man. All right. Uh, I think that's it. Is that, are we done? Emails? I have no, no more emails. emails. Yeah. 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 And my beer is empty. I don't know. All right. All right. Should I go ahead and close? Well, thank you for coming. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. My pleasure. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Did you live in the area? Welcome, I Jason. do. He did. That's yeah. great. You should forget where this is. I met him because <laughs> I taught him how to weightlift. That's true. I was, yeah. I was one of the people. Who did. My deadlift is better because of Kimmy. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Oh, that's awesome. That is true. Yes. You went to nerd. I still do. Bend down and pick this up, and then straighten up. Yeah. Yep. Except don't hurt yourself in between. Yeah. But don't do it in a way that hurts. I always miss that step. (laughs) (laughs) I just every time I go to the and I and I bend over, I spill my beer. So I stop going to the gym. It's horrible. Makes a mess, and I'm not. I'm. I'm It's really hard to keep your beer steady. Superman Instagram pressed ham. Mm -hmm. That's how you do it right. It's easy. Don't worry about it. I'll explain it later. You have to show it as a thing. We'll have the weightlifting episode. Yeah, so. we'll do that. Yeah, and I'm well, you're going to start doing your. Uh, Hopefully, I'm thinking about it. Yeah, you're thinking about streaming your workouts. Yeah, right? I have to finish painting that stupid room though because I haven't done that. I'll do that. All right. All right. Oh, uh, we are streaming on Sunday. Sunday is uh, Ashes of Exodus. Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, we Yep. Yes. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. And so that's very exciting. Then Monday will be our first episode of Savage Worlds Rifts. Which is actually Booyah! supported Ooh, by that. the Palladium Company. Well, that right. escalated quickly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love this quote. Well, that escalated quickly. Right. Yeah. Obviously, from pre-testing there, yeah. right there. That's uh, yeah. So like that. uh, yeah, so we're excited about that. They've been pimping us out on their social media and stuff. So it's, it, we're all official and stuff. It's amazing. Yeah. And, and someone remind me to put the song because I, I did the theme song for the. Oh, it was so good. Onto the, the Tomorrow Legion theme yeah. song. Yeah. It was so good. Yes. Tomorrow Legion. Yeah. We will <laughs> not be having. Happy Jack's hot seat next Thursday. Um, I'm guesting on another podcast, so I'm going to bump it to the next week, and we'll just have two weeks in a row of Happy Jack's hot seats. Uh, What's hot seat? That's my interview show I do for my um, my cosplay thing, where I t- oh. have one person, and then the the chat room and the forum put, set, send questions that I ask. It's not just cosplay; she just taps people that gaming. Geek no, no, yeah, I do it from my studio uh, at my house, yeah. though, because I'm lazy; I don't want to drive here. So then I have a show that I just have. You'll to, be like, on it eventually. And they, yeah, they answer on. before the seat burns them, or yes. yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. No, it's just a timed element. Yeah, that makes sense. It is. Yeah. I see where your head's I at. That's, That's right. Happening. She was going to be Shark Tank, but she found out it was already being used by yeah. somebody. 
It would have been way more entertaining your way doing it. Like, like swords. It should be like swords. Ca- call it laser on their heads. Yeah, just like a Corona giant. Pants. <laughs> oh my god, I would totally buy a pair of those. <laughs> just shock seat. That Golden lasso seat. dog seat? No, that doesn't work. Shock seat? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. I think we're devolving. Alright. <laughs> See you next time. I showed up this way. Thank you for joining us for season 18, episode 12 of Happy Jack's RG Podcast. My name is Stu. Snork! Jason. And this is Bill. And I am still kidding. And don't forget to come see us at uh, Orcon 2017. Woo! Uh, February President's 17th Day, and 20th. President's yeah. Day weekend. LAX Hilton Hotel will be there. We'll be Saturday we'll games. do a live show. The beautiful we'll be Paris Hilton Hotel. Uh, not and that's it. But and we'll hopefully the AC day. works. Oh my gosh, that'd be so awesome. good. Yep. Thank you very much. We'll leave with a song.
Gracious. Sir. 